0: And welcome to another edition of Spocklight, the Star Trek podcast where we analyse the Star Trek universe from a non-Trekkie perspective. Today we're doing another edition of Spocklight at the Movies uh, where we look at a film uh, featuring a member of Star Trek alumni either in front or behind the camera. I'm joined by my regular co-host Matt Brothers. Hello. Uh, we have no Paul today, unfortunately. Not this time. He it's is one of those Missing times. in action, but he will be back he'll be drawn back by the 40th anniversary of Star Trek the motion picture which regular yes how can is... he resist yeah exactly In fact, we, the, there we, is no comparison we are
1: doing the screening of that at Paul's on his lovely projector set oh my god so I, we, can't we, wait. I actually cannot wait to watch the motion picture again and well, I never thought yeah, I'd say that the
0: reason I can't wait to watch the motion picture again is not because of the quality of the film sorry Paul but just because I know that he's got a new TV or like that and like presumably oh yeah
1: even if you do it on there I never thought
0: yeah well I don't will that affect the projector I don't know these things work, Paul is the technical guy (laughs) anyway, we're fucking looking forward to it but it's on DVD isn't it? Oh, uh, is that gonna? I don't. Know. I, don't know. <laughs> SD I don't know. blown up on it'll, the wall. It'll have DTS definitely. uh And we are joined by a special guest today. Hello, Rich Wilson. Hello. How are you doing? Very good, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me.
2: Nice to be here. I, I got here through the alleyways. So
3: <laughs> I don't know where I am. I just, just journeyed
2: just dirty dark alleyways, and and I was like, I was walking up. I'm like. No one's attacking this. Not now. I'm probably I'm of that age now. i will probably out with weird the weirdos. Like, oh, you got your dick out? Yeah, let's get our dicks out. Just like, Please,
1: no. I have a <laughs> podcast record. Please. Not now, not now. I'll come back and do this,
0: um, mate. Why don't you tell the listeners who you are? You've got your own podcast. Tell us about that as well.
2: I am Rich Wilson. I'm a comedian. I've been a comedian for 15 years. I mean, to my 15th year from yeah, October last last month, so yeah. Fantastic. So 15 years, uh, I do have my own podcast called Insane in the Membrane. It's an amazing title, uh, mate. I, do you know what? I, I say this every time. It's the best thing I've ever
1: come up with. <laughs> Is <laughs> it one well, of those cases where it was title first and you're like, we need to Absolutely. think of something for
2: this, Absolutely. Yes. I've been on a few podcasts and a few people that produced them had said, mate, I think you should do your own. You you know, you, I think you'd be good at it. But, Get um, off
0: our book Yeah, 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 Get there, yeah. I said that earlier, I so said, yeah, go and do one.
2: But I think one of them was just go and do just one. Just like, yeah, go, yeah, on, yeah, go yeah. on, go away. So I, so I had the idea in my head and I'm like, yeah, what should I call it? And i was sitting end in my bed and it popped in and I'm like, oh, well that, yeah, of course. And it kind of built it around that. But now it's become its own thing. And it is about, it's men talk, we have women as well, but it's men having a, a sort of philosophical chat mm. about mental health. So it's not directly about, like, we don't have answers. We're not doctors. But it is just men talking about things they've been through. And, and, and we have a laugh doing it as well. So it's trying to show men that, you know, how
1: to have the conversations
2: yeah. rather than just saying we need to have them. Just showing you what it's like when two yeah. guys sit down and have a chat so that's
1: amazing do you find yeah. like the tone of the chat changes as you get in because i imagine those episodes would start off kind of quite jovial and then as you go along just through you say it, through talking it out mm. maybe it becomes a bit more serious yeah
2: well ishan akbar was a great example because we were talking about suicide
1: mm. and ishan
2: spoke about his because he attempted to to do it and I to- i spoke about mine but we were laughing at the ridiculousness of it when we, we attempted it especially mine I, I was just like I've just had enough i am got in the car and I'm like I'm going to go and do it and I drove off and I'd smashed my phone in this argument that I'd been having and halfway along I'm like I need to oh, I need to sort my phone out I better go so then I got a three year contract so I'm like I'm going nowhere <laughs> so
3: got to that
2: yeah so yeah you know it's that it, yeah we have these conversations and they are quite they're heavy subjects mm. but it's done in a way that's not it's not heavy it's sort of Trying to see the light side yeah. of it, and and explain. someone said to me recently, "Yes, lots of people have these thoughts," you know, I know this is quite a dark way to start this podcast, but the, the, what you're trying to do is like if when you're when someone thinks about suicide, they're not then it's not you're not actually wanting to do away with yourself. You want to do away with the problem mm, and yeah. that 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 part mm. of your life. That's what really you're trying to get rid of. So that he's trying to understand that by talking about it. So yeah, but we, yeah, we we have heavy chats, but it's we take we do it in a nice way which is weird yeah no yeah.
0: definitely i mean having listened to the podcast it's kind of you know like you say it's it's it is heavy chats but they're all done with kind of great levity and mm. like uh, that yeah. like i was literally just listening to the mark steel one which Brilliant. i think is your yeah. latest um which was really really cool to hear and so yeah like, like and uh, i mean you've had some awesome guests on like michael smiley, smiley. like yeah, Dave yeah, baptiste yeah. and that yeah, scooby spit yeah like yeah so there's definitely people haven't heard it It's a great line up on there. And it is, it is really interesting. Cause like you say, it's, I think people are still, it's still a like new thing. Like yeah, guys yeah. talking about their kind of, you know, Absolutely. mental health problems and everything like that. And like, you know, it's, it's still the case that in most kind of, most sectors mm. kind of guys talking about that is still seen as kind of like weird guys. Kind of yeah. Thing like that. Yeah. Like I was, it, Weird, right? I was literally re watching an old episode of Friends today. It's the one where I don't know if you remember it, but Bruce Willis is guest starring, and literally Rachel is dating him. She's trying to get him to open up about his emotions, yeah. And literally, because he's, he's so emotionless, and everything like that. But what she does is she opens the floodgates. And fight all this childhood trauma, and then he won't stop crying. That's right. And then she gets completely turned off from him because of the fact that now he's talking about his problems too much, everything like that. And I remember watching this at the time it came out and being like, oh, so fucking funny, and everything like that. Like, yeah, the way he's crying. (laughs) But now, watching it, I was like, shit, man, this is like totally indicative of toxic masculinity and that kind of world because it's literally going like, oh, well, women say they want you to open up <laughs> but really if yes. you do they'll just beat you a fucking little cuck mate feel exactly. like reach, yeah. it feels like they
1: reach that kind of dramatic point in that and then just push the wrong joke further yeah, through. Yeah, it's yeah, like, oh. yeah yeah That's exactly the when you have someone that. like willis yeah. on that that could be a real chance to change it but i guess they they weren't ready back then no so, and, and it's
2: that it is, it is there are men still now that it's talking about crying and actually talking about what's really troubling them they find it very, for want of a better word, very feminine. They still they still see mm. it as feminine, mm. which is ridiculous. You're like you know, they'll go to the football and they'll scream at a team and and and, it, but they won't they won't sit and talk about actual things. And you know, yeah, yeah. And it, that's what's and what's good is you've got like people that are seen as real men, are now coming out and talking about theirs. Those are Peter Crouch and uh, Ricky Hatton and these people that, yeah. that are idolised and seen as like, that. You know. Mm. the the epitome of manliness are coming out going, actually yeah i couldn't get out of bed for three weeks i'm mm. so depressed so it's changing and we are the first generation that are making that change so yeah. we might not feel the benefit as much as the next generation will but we at least we're making the changes
0: yeah so 100 it's, it's yeah. really important it's good work man and yeah. like uh it is a really good podcast with really interesting Thanks, conversations about so i bet so, that so. shows
1: really opening the conversation between people who Maybe just listening to it as well. Like, well I, the, I guess you have it. no idea what's happening out there. No, well, like the get, ripple effect. Well, this is but, it.
2: I always say to them, I say, look, if you feel the need, like, if you want to message me, more than happy for you mm-hmm. to do so. I don't have any answers. I'm not a doctor. I can't fix anything, mm. but I'm more than happy to chat with you. Yeah. And the conversations, is I don't have any questions. I never know where the conversation is going to go. I just sit down with that person. I don't even say, like, welcome to the show. I just, I'll just turn it on. Yeah. And we're in mid chat talking about biscuits, and then <laughs> off we go. And Are we recording? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> so someone to do that. Yeah, And then they clam up. <laughs> but, um, but it's just having those people will hopefully listen to it, and then they'll say to a mate, "I was listening to this podcast the other day, and they were talking about blah blah." blah. And their mate might go, "Well, what's that then?" And then he'll, you know, he'll go, go, go and listen to it, and then they'll meet up and they go, "Yeah, I listened to it the other day." I mean, he doesn't stop saying the c word, but you know, because <laughs> that was Mark Steele's one. There was a moment I think. It was just a sea of seas. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone tweeted I me. Mean, I loved it, but it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a fest. Like, <laughs> yeah. But we were talking about old teachers from school, so. Well, yeah, it's exactly, yeah. naturally yeah. going to come up, <laughs> isn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. But it is that thing. Let's face it, mate. You are a working class voice. Yes, at the end exactly. of the day, yeah. I come from a working class background myself, and you know, I think anyone who does knows the you know it is even more entrenched in that class. I would say for kind of you know to ignore kind of feelings Absolutely. to yeah. see that as a weakness, kind yeah. of from like that, and so it, it is naturally going to mm. help if. Someone hears someone who sounds like them, exactly. Kind that, of talking about sound, that yeah, stuff, rather voice, than yeah. someone mm. they're disconnected from, yeah. kind of thing. Who they? Because sometimes, you know, someone from a working class background sometimes hears a posh voice, kind of. You know, talk about they just be like, "Ah, fucking What do you know? What exactly. do you Exactly. You know? So yeah. you know, I think it's good. It's a great show. Thank you, Check it out. Thank you. Insane in the membrane. What a title! Yeah. Come on, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but today we yes. are here to talk about Robin Hood men <laughs> in types saying so a complete sea change uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> 20th Century Fox presents the motion picture event of the summer the summer of 1125 AD that's him
1: Robin Hood
3: good
2: evening the hoods from the woods are back <laughs> Yo, yo, yo.
3: Check it out. Little John. Ow. Prince John. More bubbles. Oh, yes, yeah, now it's happening. The Sheriff of Rottingham. I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> I accept
0: it. Maid Marian. A chastity belt.
3: It's an everlasting.
0: And a rabbi, Tuckman.
3: Hello, boys. The first
2: action hero,
3: and lightning
2: can't jump. And the last
3: word in comedy. <laughs> and why should the people listen
1: to you? Because, unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. Robin Hood, men
0: in tights, a Mel Brooks film. Yes. The legend. And it's coming. Uh, the reason we're talking about it is because it's thin, but it it's there. <laughs> it's very <laughs> tenuous. It has a cameo from
1: Patrick Stewart himself. And when you have Patrick Stewart in anything, we already know by this point he's uh, so gifable. So any appearance, no matter how short, you're going to have seen this part from this film. He's in some ways in yeah. everything,
2: isn't he? He's such a great. He seems like a, such a
1: great guy. Yeah, and this would have been coming like right at the. Towards the end of Next Generation, is it 93 final of the year. So
0: I think that is the last year of TNG. Mm. Yeah, is it that uh, long ago? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's when it finished. My word! Obviously, he's literally about to come back yes. in Picard. Yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Brand new kind of CBS All Access show. Um, so yeah, it, it is a small role. It's a cameo, but it's a significant character in terms of Robin Hood lore. Yes. And it's also a famous cameo. Is he playing King John or King Richard? He's King, King Richard the
1: Lionheart? Yes. That okay, is Richard, cool. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. one who comes back from the Crusades at the end. Yes. And the whole joke is he's doing a, Scots, a Scottish accent because that's what Sean Connery did in
0: Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Correct? Because yes. this is essentially a spoof of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the 1991 Kevin yes. Costner movie. Um Although I would say it kind of borrows as much from the Adventures of Robin Hood, the 1938 Errol Flynn mm-hmm. adaptation. Like certainly, Cary Elwes's Robin Hood is very much modelled on Errol yeah. Flynn Definitely. rather yeah, yeah, than yeah, Kevin yeah, Costner's uh, Robin. Well, Hood. Kevin Costner
2: was, was like a Bon Jovi version. Yeah, 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 yeah
0: completely. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was, he was completely like he the was the nineties American Robin Hood that we deserve. The half completely. Uh, so this is directed by Mel Brooks. Famous, I would say, for making kind of spoof movies mm, yes. um in the main. Uh this was kind of towards the end of his filmmaking career. I mm. think it's his second to last big screen feature. Just Dead and Loving uh, It Afterwards. Two yeah, years Dracula, later. Dead and Loving It afterwards. Which uh, I never
1: realised he hadn't made a film since then. I guess no so. I mean because he's kind of stayed in the public eye through yeah. cameos and appearances and TV and things What well, was the producers yeah in, in terms of
0: like obviously he took the producers to Broadway and I think that pretty much took over his life yeah
1: I've always just assumed there were other Mel Brooks films yeah, since, I did but as well. like yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean there's been obviously the big screen remake of the producers but he didn't direct that. yeah um, although he a big part of it Rich, you chose this movie from a list of over 200 films. I did. Why did you choose it?
2: I, I, I had a really fond memories of it. I just love those films, or I used to love those films. You mm. used to oh, love them. Yeah, well, this is the thing. <laughs> Having now revisited it as research for this... Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how you mature and change, isn't it? Yeah. And I, it was bits of I'm like, What? Okay, like ridiculing, like they'll talk about, you know, they do the song Men in Tights, And yeah. There's a bit, they you know, start, you know, like they're, they're like, wow, okay, mocking people who are gay, and, which I know is of its time. You can't keep going back and mm. going, Oh, that's shocking, go, Yeah, yeah, in today's eyes, yes, some of it is a bit near, near the mark, but then. It was different. They were having a laugh, and it wasn't. It was there was no malice in these films. They were Mm. were just mucking around. But some of the it's very juvenile. The the humor, Mm -hmm. extremely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember I remember watching Blazing Saddles as a kid. Yeah. And the bit where they're all fighting around the campfire (laughs) eating the beans. I remember being doubled up on the floor, just couldn't control my laughter. And then you watch it again, you're like,
1: Well, this is the weird thing. Like this period, it feels like this period of parody movies is strikes a very specific tone where the ones previous so you're talking like blazing saddles and young frankenstein and even your airplanes and naked guns they're kind of more like good films for Mm. want of a better word and then i think this period of late 80s early 90s where you got stuff like mafia uh which is the one i always used to love as a kid yeah have you not even seen this (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the godfather (laughs) spoof it's basically this but for the godfather who's in that who's in that I'll, really? I'll look it up, <laughs> Mitchell. <mid-show>. It's <should laughs> about the computer
2: game.
0: I think it's the computer but game. But
1: that's the one I remember as being like the one I saw as a kid that I was absolutely just howling at. And I think if I saw it again, is this now, the one you made on your home? Camcorder? No, no.
0: But <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's again, yeah, it's it that
1: kind of humour. So I, the only bit I remember right now is there's a bit where someone gets caught right after like a sex scene, and he turns around and his. Boner below frame, knocks over a vase on the other side of the room. Well, <laughs> at the time I was like, high comedy sounds like classic oh yeah, stuff yeah, to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think it is just a spoof of the Godfather trilogy. So I think it's uh, post-Godfather post part three. Right, okay. Because I think it spoofs the end of that. I'm not too sure. Okay, But um, yeah, in my head that was from that same stable of all yeah. this. And there's this and then Dead and Loving It, I guess. And then as you push towards the noughties, you get into scary movie territory yeah. and then yeah, disaster yeah, yeah, yeah. and epic movie where it really yeah. goes down the toilet. So I think this is kind of yeah, this specific middle ground between what it was and what it became where I guess any way I could describe it is they just didn't really... Edit much or try much, (laughs) they just kind (laughs) of went with probably what first came to their head. And and we'll we'll get into it, of course. But like, there's a review of this film from the New York Times, I saw that review where it it said it has the manner of something that wasn't argued over long enough, (laughs) yeah. yeah, And that's kind of the feeling you get it's like first draft, all
0: right, that's right, shoot rehearsal, do it, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We'll go back to that review because that review is sort of spot on, like. Yeah, it's, it's weird, actually, that you talk about the kind of evolution of the spoof movie, um, because I think what's really odd is because Mel Brooks has been a director who has worked all through that evolution and kind of, you know, would have been one of the original spoof meisters at the end of the day in yeah, terms of, yeah, like, yeah, directing yeah. kind of films, because he was, you know, doing that back in the 70s with Young Frankenstein. Um, obviously, if you look at something like Young Frankenstein, which I think is really good, um, that is something that is very much in debt to James Whale's uh, Frankenstein movies uh, from the 30s. And... It clearly is a genre that Mel Brooks is in love with. You can tell that that movie is crafted with so much affection. He's essentially making his own Frankenstein yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, Which has some jokes in it. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, and that has some... Fucking dodgy gags in it as well. <laughs>
2: believe me. But the Marty Feldman in every scene, it was <laughs> just phenomenal. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and I think that and, and out of all of those movies, young Frankenstein is the one that stands up. Because mm. I think, like you say, he there was a, he I think he took it seriously making that yes. one because he loved those films so much. It really does stand up on its own as a yeah. brilliant piece of film.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Because it looks great as well. It yeah. looks Absolutely, like one of yeah. those old like James Wells movies. And oh yeah that's it the way it fades in and out yes the yeah, next yeah, yeah, yeah. scene mm. yeah.
2: it's fantastic yeah it's yeah.
0: beautiful black and white cinematography it looks like could actually be a universal monster movie from the time I think what's weird to watch Brooks's career trajectory after that because he completely falls in to this career of directing spoof films I guess because Young Frankenstein was presumably such a success that he kind of just fell into that because after that literally Every film he directs pretty much, apart from a few anomalies, uh, are spoof movies yeah. of either a genre or a Pacific film. Mm. Um, he obviously started his career with The Producers. That's his directorial debut. I still think it's his best film yeah. that I've seen. Like, you know, I rewatched it for this podcast in terms of research. And, you know, much as it, it, it's funny, it, that's an interesting one because although it was made in 1969... Uh, it has got a couple of elements where you go, Oh, that wouldn't be done today. Yeah. In terms of they hire kind of like a sexy secretary to dance around <laughs> in her pants. And there's a kind of cross dressing character in it who they're very much like, Oh, like weirdo. Like, yes. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But the tone is so gentle mm. that. It never seems nasty mm. in any way. Well, there isn't any malice like... in anything. Exactly. Do yeah. And that's kind of my rule. We were talking about this in terms of going back and watching old things and kind of re mm-hmm. them. My kind of rules for it are, uh, you have to view it in the context of the time it was made. Yep. Um. So therefore, like if you're watching something and just naturally the attitudes are different, as in more in line with the time it was made, then that's, that's fine in yep. terms of obviously... Mm, if you that's watch not a it, choice from them that's yeah, yeah, just yeah. How it was. If you watch it for a contemporary perspective, you've got to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was made in that time, and therefore attitudes were different. My issue becomes is, like you say, if it's done with malice. Yes. If you watch something where it's like clearly there's some nastiness involved, like you really feel it's been made with kind of hatred. Yeah. Kind of Going, then I go like, no, fuck off. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, yeah. it's like I'm not gonna give a pass to like birth of a nation or everything like that where the Ku cuts can and the good guys mm. Yeah, you know it was like mm. yeah that's not gonna happen yeah because that that's is.
1: of the time but also the intention was to s- do all this propaganda that's yeah right, exactly so, yeah, yeah. like
0: but you know something like that I kind of go you watch it and go yeah does this feel really hateful no it doesn't kind so you know what's fucking weird is if you watch the um, remake of the producers which is, of course based on the Broadway musical mm. version that weirdly is more like problematic than the original, <laughs> like yeah, it does, and that's made in like 2006 that's or something right. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird in, in terms of you would expect them to kind of reduce those elements. Instead, they kind of double down on them and yeah. make them worse. Like, <laughs> uh, which is really, really fucking weird to see. But we're talking about Robin Hood, Men and Tights. Let's go through. It. We, we will end up talking about other Mel Brooks of films course, and Robin Hood course. films as we go through. Um, so we open with quite a nice little traditional opening title sequence actually like that opening titles, mm. I kind of thought, oh, this could be from a legit Robin Hood film from the time. Yes. In a lot of ways. So that's what it kind of feels like. And then kind of the joke comes yeah. at the yeah. end So kind of, you know, undercover. The title. longer that whole bit went mm. on, the funnier I found, actually. So I, like, I was like, these credits
1: are taking ages. Yeah, it's like yeah, these classic yeah. opening credits will do everything. And then when you when it drops the joke that it's like, they're actually just firing fire arrows at some villagers' <laughs> hut. <it>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, there's yeah.
2: a few of them. Like Spaceballs, again, is that it's a long beginning sequence yeah with the spaceship I think
3: that's
2: probably a thing that he liked to do yeah but, yeah, that, yeah but that yeah i i think again it shows his love of movies and and, and film because it's done so well mm. yeah. really, You really you go oh wow this is like a proper old-fashioned yeah. Schwashba- mm. A swastbuckling
1: movie. And it's interesting because yeah. I think, like you say, if, with Young Frankenstein, if that was him genuinely doing and tackling a genre he liked. This film feels like a response to Prince of Thieves for sure. And yeah, absolutely. Really it's probably right a studio way. thing saying, yeah. oh, do a spoof of this now. Yeah. But you can tell, even though it's kind of spoofing Prince of Thieves, He's shooting it as if it's the 30s. He is fucking
0: way more interested in 938 Adventures of Robin Hood. Absolutely. Like you can tell, like you say, it feels like a reaction to Prince of Thieves. Like clearly the studio has gone, Prince of Thieves is out, it's a big hit. Mel, make us the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves spoof right now. He's gone and looked at it, and you kind of feel like he doesn't like Prince of Thieves he likes Errol Flynn's Adventures of Robin Hood and that's what he's interested in and therefore the film is a weird kind of mishmash where you feel like the Errol Flynn elements mm-hmm. Are done with quite a lot of love yes. And nostalgia kind of thing, uh, Much like Young Frankenstein was And the kind of Prince of Thieves stuff Because that's the plot It kind of follows yeah. You can tell he's kind of like uh-uh. I mean the like, closest like, it gets yeah. Is the portrayal of the sheriff Being very yeah, Alan Rickman yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, But it, but yeah, it is yeah. like
1: the 30s one Where like the sets and the costumes Look like they're made of bloody paper And it's like yes. a, like I was thinking Is this just a really Sort of cheap looking production But I was like It's all done yeah, on purpose done a, yeah. Well itself. Kerry
2: Elwes so, plays it so brilliantly yeah that kind of like you know one eyebrow raised yes (laughs) i am robin of locksley and really really nails it like really like errol
1: flins it up just always standing of like his arms out his hips and things whereas
2: kevin costas was just you know he was like swaggering around he wasn't even wearing tights, was he? He was wearing
0: leather trousers or something. It <laughs> well, sunset. he's totally, yeah, he's very much kind of the modern the Robin, Robin Hood, isn't the he? Day. Like you say, it's yeah, the Bon Jovi yeah. Robin yeah, Hood. Yeah, And uh, was it, it's not Bon Jovi you did the no, song, though. it's Brian Adams. Adams. Yes, yeah. of course. And was it, the, it was the number one for five years, yeah. It's still number one. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I remember seeing that film, I saw that in the cinema. You saw it five times, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, and I loved it when I originally saw it. Yeah, same. I yeah. rewatched it not recently, but a couple of years ago on Paul's projector, funny enough. And it's so weird because Alan Rickman's Sheriff of Nottingham, in that, mm. I would say. Is even more rapey than the sheriff mm. of Nottingham in this spoof version. Like you know, yeah. the, the, the sequence where he tries to get in the chastity belt and he's getting like a pneumatic <laughs> drill it, out yeah. of <laughs> the bat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like which is quite funny. Oh, it'll like, chase it, my always <laughs> <his> oh, <he's- laughs> <laughs> <laughs> It reminded me of um, Brian De Palma's uh, Body Double, where it's like it, there's a bit in that which has got an insanely like I think it is. I think it is a massive drill or something like that. It's Insanely phallic like bit of violence towards a woman. I suppose this is as well, but it's so ridiculous going like, you know, you end up laughing. I find mm. it funny. And also, cause I was thinking of that original sequence where like, I don't know if you remember it, Rich, but literally at the end of that film, um, Ripman is kind of constantly leaping yeah. on her, like <laughs> pulling her legs open, everything yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 and he's yeah. like, it's proper hardcore raping, <laughs> and it's all played as a big joke, everything like that. And you're just like, Jesus, like, yeah. Well, how just that line, a
2: famous line. He goes, "I'll
0: cut his heart out with a spoon." I was like, Why <laughs> a spoon? <laughs> <laughs> and well, that sounds like the spoof line. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's, it's famously like insanely violent, isn't it? For what it is, it's like a PG. Yeah. A, it's like crazy yeah, it's hardcore.
1: Because we talked about this on the volunteers. Yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember if it was us or someone else saying like, you know, they would play this at like, well, it's Paul, didn't it? I think he said they'd play it on like Sunday at tea time and it's just like rape on TV. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone's it trying to, <laughs> yeah, families it are out. Yeah. It's Robin Hood, yay! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, <laughs> Kevin Costner's
0: <fine. laughs> I always thought Costner directed that film, but he didn't. Is Kevin Reynolds? no nah, it's like Costner directed a load of his movies like at that time but not that one like uh, he directed the postman post so that oh, was uh, wow. <laughs> that ended his career obviously um well, but it was all it was always he he got into that
2: rut of he was a man having on his own against everybody else and and yeah, he had to deliver a thing, and in every film it was like, yeah. "All right, man Well, he is a postman, mate. Yeah, but yeah. well, it was that one. But then it was yeah, the like, other. It was always, it's it was always Kevin Costner against everybody else. And you're like, "Come on, man!" Like, uh, I, I just hate people. Yeah. Well, that's the
0: thing. He yeah, had the water world was obviously that like, insane, like the biggest budget ever of the time, the like tech, yeah, Like, yeah, it it's thing, just, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it completely killed it. I kind of think, although. Have you ever been to universal studios <laughs> i Your hear water it's great world live show <laughs> <laughs> really incredible uh, well, that's uh, still uh, one of the uh, the simpsons
1: best gags as well with millhouse playing the water world arcade cabinet <laughs> <laughs> and he puts like a quarter in
0: and walks the character like a step and asks for more money trying, like,
1: trying uh, to make <laughs> lovely lovely <laughs> uh,
0: so we've got isaac hayes taking morgan freeman's role isn't he in this going like that is the role he's playing
1: I haven't seen Prince of Thien so long. Oh, I imagine, a yeah. A sneeze.
0: Yeah, 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 a sneeze. Well, yeah, we've got a sneeze, That's which right. is Isaiah Hayes, and then we've got a chew, which is Dave, which Chappelle. Is Dave Chappelle at 19. <laughs> is that how old he He's was? fucking 19, what? right? This is his film debut. So it feels... Because I was looking up thinking... Because he turned up on screen, I didn't realise he was in it. I was like, Dave yeah, Chappelle. Yeah, I forgot he was in it. I was like, I Dave Chappelle, that, yeah. 1993. Mm. I was just like, was he big then like yeah it turns out I looked him up It no, is a film acting debut it kind of seems to be before he was even doing stand up yeah, right. like just randomly kind of in it so it, it does feel really super early in his career of course Mel Brooks and Dave Chappelle sort of aligned now um, as both two of the uh, woke culture is destroying comedy crowd <laughs> <laughs> and they both become very much of that school like literally while we were researching this Mel Brooks has a big, big article being like woke culture is destroying comedy <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. It was, oh Christ almighty it's like <laughs> fucking hell like literally just whenever anyone like whenever you see that headline you just kind of like <sighs> Why do you have to reveal yourself as a cunt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, man.
2: You had, it, you had, it, you had, it,
0: you had the world at your feet. Yeah, you were going to be the exactly. like, one. Yeah, so you were doing well. Yeah. Like, um, I like the England Hollywood sign thing. <laughs> That's funny. And <laughs> him swimming all the way up. there. And like kissing the sand as well. That's very funny. Um, I think one of the things I find really funny in
1: in Mel Brooks' films are the kind of incidental characters that just pop in for a scene. I think they can they they got license to really go a bit crazy. Like so, there's the jailer at the start, for instance, who's like running it like a restaurant. Oh, yeah, and when he sees that yeah. they've all gone, he's like, Oh no! <laughs> uh, so what, any, any like
0: one scene, guys like this. I like the hangman later on. There's, well, there's, a, few there's a lot of, them of cameos, in the room, yes, aren't there, yeah, from yeah. Mel Brooks himself at one point. Mm. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we think about Robin Hood's crazy arrow setup in this movie? <laughs> like. It's weird because I was looking at it. When you see it on the poster, I actually thought, that looks fucking cool. Like, yeah, 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 then yeah. when you see it in the film, it looks a bit like... Well, yeah, it gets the arrows out. That unravels. There's an awful fucking teaser trailer for this movie, like from the time where they obviously hadn't shot any footage, where he just shoots an arrow and it kind of like just spins around for like a minute and a half. <laughs> well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, like, almost kind of feels like the opening of a naked gun film, oh, yeah. but with an arrow instead of a police, <laughs> so police car. car yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like, it's just... Oh, God, it's so boring. Well, I'm
1: surprised there weren't more <laughs> arrow-shooting gags, actually, because it, it does that later on, doesn't it? During the archery contest, he fires yeah. off, like, a heat-seeking arrow that whizzes around and everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, apart from the bit where he, like, yeah unfurls the four arrows at once and the bits where the he's training his men to kind of fire arrows and they're like fucking up in in the different yeah. ways there aren't that many more kind of bow and arrow because I thought it would no. be nothing but to be honest <laughs> you always
0: want more archery want don't you yes. <laughs> yes one thing I was going <laughs> to mention was from that opening song there's at the end there's this big bit where they all sing leave us alone Mel Brooks right. because like their uh, village has been destroyed obviously <laughs> like I swear Mel Brooks is really self-referential in his own films like having watched a load together like in research for this podcast he's always referencing himself right. in his own movies like in a really i'm like has he got a really inflated sense of self or something like wants to remind you all the way that yeah it's this like, is like hey Mel- it's a Mel yeah. <laughs> film by the way like yeah even if i'm not really starring in them <laughs> anymore this is melbrook's yeah. picture like because in blazing saddles at the bit at the end where they break out into the film studio like one the cowboys Punches someone mm. Who's trying to stop him He goes oh, I work for Mel Brooks And like twats him And I was just kind of like it's just a really weird thing It's just like Why are you just referencing himself Just signposting yourself? himself Yeah He's like... like Hey remember Like yeah, yeah It's a Mel Brooks film That's awesome man Like yeah it's like... Yeah <laughs> but um right. Yeah Richard Lewis yeah, absolutely. I believe yeah. Richard Lewis—the only fucking thing I've ever seen of him apart from *Curb Your <laughs> 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 Listen, Saturday night, do me a favor. I yeah. love it. All right? Yeah. Enough, you know, We have enough good stuff in the bank to get over this. But Saturday night at dinner, can we maybe, maybe
3: try to have an apology for me? First of all, there's no way I can have dinner with you on Saturday night. That's out. Hold on. Am I hearing this? I'm not at dinner. You know our relationship's at stake right now. Huh? Our relationship's at stake.
2: Get stay. out of here! You better call me later on. Bye, bye. Sundown. By Sundown? What is Gary
3: Cooper? By Sundown? What's... Huh? Oh, that's, that's yeah, you.
2: you know I'm trying not to laugh but that's yeah, funny. Okay. You better call me By Sundown. Uh, by Sundown? there's a posse going to come get me?
1: That's right.
0: Now, there's quite a few Curb connections mm-hmm. uh, with this film. Like, we're massive fans, yep. fans of Curb. Oh, you a fan of Curb? Do you know what? I've given it a go I have tried.
2: You've tried, but he just—I find it too excruciating. It is excruciating, Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not ready for this. But I get, I get why it's brilliant, and I get why everyone loves it. But I just find him such a wanker.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. my god. I think that's the thing. It's—it depends on whether you find him a twat or whether you sympathise with him. Yeah. And whenever I watch it, and I think. I think it is one that takes a couple of tries. Like when I first ever watched it, when it first came out, I was just kind of like, what is Mm. funny about this? And then I tried it a couple more times and then got into it. And I think very quickly you fall on whether, like you say, you think he's a twat and you're like, I'm out. Or you go, the people around him are twats. Yeah. Right. And you're on his side because really it's essentially about petty LA culture. Isn't it? That really yes he is like a privileged idiot in many ways but the people around him are like even more privileged idiots so it's just kind of like he's somehow the only sane one in the room sometimes yeah 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 (laughs) exactly it's the minutiae of that culture and i think it's very much of its time like i didn't Mm. like the new season that came out like because i think it just feels like a thing of the noughties right yeah um but then I did go back and watch a few episodes because the fourth season is basically completely based around uh, Larry David being cast. In the producers, oh, the right. Broadway version, yeah. where obviously they swapped yeah. out the cast and everything like that. We'd probably argue that season four the best. Yeah, season yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <definitely, laughs> so it's definitely my favourite. If you're going to try one again, do season four. I will go, it, back. Again, I will go, go back. Yeah, will, well, know, there you go. Yeah. Maybe now. Because like, Mel Brooks is in it, everything like that, because basically right. he meets Larry David at like a karaoke party or something like that, sees him singing and goes he's the guy i want him for, <laughs> for my show and, everything like that. and all the way through you're kind of everyone around mel brooks is going like why the fuck are you hiring this guy mm. he's fucking useless and everything like that and he keeps going no nah, no nah, nah, he's the best i've got to have him and everything like that <laughs> and basically the whole joke of it is the entire thing has been a spoof itself of the producers right. where for people who don't know the idea of the producers fucking brilliant high concept is that this uh, theatre producer finds out that he could potentially make more money from a kind of turkey of a play rather than a hit because all the investment that's gone in he can just keep that because it's closed on its opening night. Uh, So they put on this really, really offensive play to hopefully close on the opening night. Then everyone finds it really funny and loves it and so (laughs) it kind of all backfires. The idea in this is that Mel Brooks is sick and fucking tired of the producers uh, of having to do that year after year and wants to destroy his own right. show yeah. so he's hired Larry David knowing he'll be a disaster yeah. and then that backfires on right. him as well because right. he ends up being decent like in it
3: um,
2: <laughs> and <laughs> yeah it, it, it mate,
0: it's very fucking funny also always a Star Trek connection uh, during one of the episodes that's got Mel Brooks in Anton Yelchin who oh, played right. Chekov okay. yeah. in uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek trilogy appears He's like baby Anton Really, really yeah, he young He must have been like 16,
1: 17 or something or Yeah, younger
0: maybe? I would say it's one of his first on-screen roles But he was acting from literally a tiny little kid um, But he is fucking hilarious in it He plays this teenage kid He's kind of staying with Larry David Who thinks he's a magician
3: Okay, and This is your card Wow How'd you do that? I'm sorry, I can't tell you. Sorry. Come on, Stuart, how'd you do the trick? No, 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 magicians don't tell people how they do their tricks. Yeah, well, you're not really a magician. Oh, yeah, I am. Well, because you do one trick, that makes you a magician? Did I trick you? Were you a magician before you knew how to do that trick? Oh, well, not really. Well, that's, who taught you how to do the trick? A magician. Okay, so you weren't a magician. Mm-hmm. A magician taught you how to do the trick, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm not a magician. Now you're a magician, so you teach me how to do it. I can't, just because you said, I am a magician. I can't teach you. You didn't know that trick before the magician taught it to you, right? Yeah. So why did the magician tell you? He can tell that I'm a magician. Well, you could tell that I'm a magician. But I'm a magician, just naturally a magician. That's what you're saying. I'm saying I'm naturally a magician. But you don't know any tricks. And you're just not. I mean... See, because I'm a magician, if you were naturally a magician, I'd feel that you were naturally a magician.
0: Are you going to tell me this trick? No. Tribute to Anton. Oh, Anton, we miss you. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, That was a shocker, that one. Yeah. 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 No, it really, really was.
1: We should probably circle around at this point and actually say, Rich, what are your
0: Star Trek connections? Oh, yeah. We ask this to every guest. What are your Star Trek credentials? By that we mean... What Star Trek have you seen? What haven't you seen? It's fine if it's nothing. Uh, and what was your kind of first exposure to it? Get first exposure
2: line. would have been the original series when I was a child. Obviously not when it first came out. I was mm. born in 1972, so it would have been a rerun later on. But Star Trek was a big part of my childhood, and we had the action men as well. So my brother had Spock, and I had Captain Kirk, and there was a Klingon somewhere. And so we had those. Yeah, yeah. So it was all- Spock has always been in my life. Just It's just this this through line. And so, and then when the first movie came out, 1979, 1979. wasn't it? Yeah. Again, because it was, uh, at the time, it was epic. And it was like, wow, man, this is amazing. Seeing it on the big screen.
0: How old were you in 1979, been. I would have been seven seven yeah and you enjoyed the motion picture because <laughs> oh, well, well, it,
2: it was like it was massive and you're like well and now when you think back to it you're going no, i was probably bored for a lot of it
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a slow film, isn't it? well that's the thing but yeah. i mean that's amazing like because when we watched motion picture we were like how could any fucking kid not be falling asleep in this yeah. but there you go that yeah. just yeah. kind of shows that actually you were prepped for it you, you were of, ready yeah. we, and you really loved you love the characters amazing.
2: you love the characters And you would just see you know, back you know, I'm seven years old, Mm. going to the cinema was was a big thing. Yeah. You know, it was it was a night out and it was you were with the adults and it was it was exciting and and so you just seeing these like seeing the enterprise on that screen, Mm. you're like, Whoa. But there yeah, I remember halfway through like (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they oh, are really adult normal. characters obviously they're, adult characters.
2: Because yeah. they're adults adult in theme. the series yeah. and they're older now yeah so. and exactly it's played to an adult yeah. audience so yeah. you're a lot of it goes over your head yeah you? no idea what's going But on. we
1: couldn't believe like you know that they were marketing like happy meals and stuff around this movie again we had the action figures from that you know
2: yeah. so you had these the, the, all of them you know it was they, that was a thing back then they would have you'd have like the like corgi did a, they'd make the the cars from the TV series mm. from like Starsky and Hutch and mm. Kojak and, but these are adult these mm. are adult programs but we had yeah. the toys weirdly yeah. well, that was a real movies. thing yeah, yeah you yeah, get
1: the, the Robocop
0: animated series yes.
1: yes. Rambo yes. animated series yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and like,
0: it's like don't watch the movies kids just Yeah, start, yeah. Uh, but that was, that was a thing when for ages I mean obviously not now because kids don't play with toys now do they I <laughs> know like yeah um, but back then it, there was so many uh different car properties where you wanted to see it as a kid and the reason you wanted to see it was because it was actually been marketed to you yeah but at the film certificate you couldn't watch it <laughs> yeah. so that's such a weird yeah. fucking it's idea madness, yeah. like, like, you know alien queen figurines from
1: aliens and yeah. yeah bloody all sorts like
0: yeah and it was harder to watch films then that were of that certificate. It's not like now, where literally, if you've got a fucking Netflix account, you're going Absolutely, on it, watching anything yeah. you want, kind of thing like, you know. Whereas- well,
2: they do they do, tri- they do like a family version. Oh, so, okay. so, that, so that's what we saw. So you see a family saw a family version of uh, Saturday Night Fever.
0: Oh, yeah, the the yeah. PG release yeah, yeah, yeah. of Saturday Night Fever without so, the
2: rape scenes. Yeah, <laughs> so I got taken to see that. I saw uh, Jaws 2. You know, Greece and all these mm-hmm. films that—I mean, I was like young. Like Greece is I was hardcore, young, isn't it? man.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. It, it was like you know, but it's how it was,
2: you know. But I think the thing that changed it because the, the first the motion picture Star Trek was was slow. Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Even now, Wrath of Khan stands up. Yeah. I know it's probably a lot of people's go-to. My word! I mean, you can't it's have phenomenal. asked for like
1: a better follow-up to get things back on track yeah, yeah. in terms of, yeah, you know,
2: fan response. It was fantastic, and then you know, Spock dying and any spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this that bit, I remember we were sobbing because he's got his hand against the yeah, glass, yeah. yeah, 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 and just it is genuinely emotional. Yeah. Don't
0: grieve,
3: Just logical. The needs
0: of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. We were saying to you, we, we've interviewed Bob Salen uh, a couple of times. He's you know a friend to the show and he was the producer of the film. Yeah. And it was amazing chatting to him and getting those insights from the production. And what a huge thing that was at the yeah. time he got death threats because really? of the death of spock no From, uh, this is you know people complain about people going in on them on twitter and stuff <laughs> like yeah. this is before then he had guy fucking phoning his house <laughs> yeah. being like i'm gonna fucking hard hunt you down like, it's a thing of like, <laughs> if twitter
1: existed in any age then the same conversation would happen because yeah. they yeah. did anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, he, yeah. you
0: know there's all these like letters in the magazines and stuff like oh, if spock
1: dies i'm gonna riot yeah, and there's yeah, always
0: yeah. been crazy fucking fans yeah. It's just that Twitter gave them a voice. Oh, man. So,
2: so in some respects, it's nice to have Twitter because it sort of fences them off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah. that's the you thing. You stay on there then.
0: <laughs> That is exactly it because if you actually think about it, right, if Twitter had existed then, they'd literally just all gone in on Twitter, vented their frustrations there, Back then, you would get fucking things like death threats, like legit, where they're phoning yeah. your house or posting things to you. Yeah. You're actually like, shit, they can get to me. Going like, you know, yeah, like actually, because the cra- real crazies are gonna put that commitment into it. Yeah. I mean, whereas now, most people just be like, fire off a tweet, go about my day. Well, you say, <laughs> I'm you not angry anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
3: <Phew>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you say that though. Charlotte Moffat did a She put up a thing the other day on on Instagram, I think it was, in her stories. Someone had sent her a letter saying how how can you what what you, why do you think you should be on the television the way you look you look Ugh. disgusting oh, and this. But I actually wrote a letter found out where to send it put a stamp on it sent it and so charlotte moffat did this video and she was really upset she was crying she's like you know can you can you please speak to your family mm. and not let your mum or grandma Send this shit. Well, that's it's it. Awful, I mean, it yeah. must
1: mean more when it's like that because, yeah, a tweet you can fire off in like a moment of frustration pretty yeah, much, yeah, but a yeah. letter you have to be sit down, aware of what you're doing, finish it and be like, right, to the shop, get so stamped. Sh- yeah. Right, now to the post office. Do I still want to do this? Yes, that, I do because I'm yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah.
2: This is now three hours <laughs> in my, of my life
1: to just send this letter. <laughs> they <Exactly>. must know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's it. I think Spock was such, he was such an amazing character. Everybody loved Spock. Everybody wanted to mm, be yeah. Spock. Okay, not Captain Kirk maybe but I know I wanted to be Spock I thought he looked incredible you know the ears and the hair yeah, and yeah. The, just the way he spoke was just he just you know and in, and in it, at any time that he did have to like show a bit of strength like he do that Vulcan death grip or something you're like whoa <laughs> it was almost like it was almost like Bruce Lee. Like he didn't, he never attacked, he mm. was always defense. Mm. And you're like, wow, Spock is amazing! You knew
1: he could just counter and take yeah, anyone down. He just if had, he needed he had to. you on an intellectual
2: yeah. level, physical level, he just had it. And he was so calm and just, he just was the man. And then when so, when he died, I think that's why everyone was really shook up. It was yeah, like, Yeah, yeah, I can't, can't spill, you can't kill Spock.
1: <laughs> Spock. Yeah. Did you stick with the rest of the films through the 80s? And I, I do you know what,
2: I think. I think I did, but then as I got older, I mean, so that's 82 when Wrath of Khan came out, Mm. so so I was was 10. And then. Sort of music started to come into my life, so I started to sort of go down that route and getting into music and bands and stuff. But music, so, Rich, what yeah. about the scores
0: by Jerry Goldsmith,
2: <laughs> James yeah, Horner? You're not <laughs> listening to them on your walk when and...
0: <laughs> at, not... dis- at the disco, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. girls aren't programmed your house and listening to that. Definitely trying to hide <laughs> you, yeah. like, violence, like that, <laughs> yeah, 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 or you put your figures away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, these, are, these are my younger brothers,
2: but um, I sort of I, what did I what I saw? I saw, I didn't really see. Next Generation? I, I didn't see Next Generation. I saw bits of it. Um, um, and then, I, yeah, I kind of kept an eye on it, but I never mm. really sort of dipped in and out. I saw, what was, the, was it,
0: Nemesis? Uh, yeah, Star Trek Nemesis is the one with a young Tom, Tom Hardy, Hardy as the villain. I that, and I think
2: that's where I...
0: Where my love for Tom Hardy started. Oh, really? I didn't know who he
2: was because that's Tom Hardy before he was Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of this, this, this guy that just looked incredible. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. And just wow. And then as it went along, I'd see Tom Hardy popping up. I didn't know his name. I was like, oh, that's that guy. Oh, that's that guy again. So, oh, oh wow <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like I love him
0: so, yeah. <laughs> well he just so. popped up for ages in little cameos in yeah. British gangster movies basically like because yeah. he's in Layer Cake yeah. and he's in Rock and Roller is he in Layer Cake Rock? he's yeah, in Layer yeah, Cake briefly. yeah he's wow. in Layer Cake and Rock and Roller like pretty much like back to back playing I swear the same role. Like where probably he, is it probably where is he, where literally the Richie kind of, and Vaughn shared universe. Well so, yeah. yeah, it's weird <laughs> because he's kind of like, you know, this uh lower level kind of like, you know, guy in Daniel Craig's crew and then Gerard Butler's crew in Rock and Roller. Um all these gay in uh Rock and Roller. Um which they uh,
2: played really well. It they, was really, they, that's yeah. the thing
0: they actually did. Like you would not expect that from Guy Ritchie, but the coming out scene of Tom Hardy's character in Rock and Roller to Jared Butler is so sweet yeah. and beautifully handled. And at the end of the,
2: at the end of the uh, credits, you see them. there uh, was the end of the credits? Or when they, you see them dancing, And that because oh, yeah, he yeah. said because because you think because he's like, look, I just want to. You're the one I'm going to prison, and I don't mm. know. I don't know. I don't. You know. I wanna He's like, well, what, oh, what is it you want to do? But then you never see what they do. So when he, when he later on, Gerald Butler comes in and he's like, he puts his hands over his eyes. And he goes, guess who? He's like, you're supposed to be. What? You're supposed to be banged up. He's like, no, I got off. He's like, you come here, you come here right now. And he's like, what do you mean you're off? And he's like, then you're like, oh my god, what did they do? But it turns out they just went to this bar. They went to this gay club and oh, had, a, and had, a, and had a dance. Again. And they were, there's this, so there's a bit at the end. They're just doing this slow dance, and Tom Hardy's got his head. On Gerard Butler's chest, <laughs> and they're just doing his dance. Oh it's man, that's, that's it's 2008
1: beautiful. as well, isn't yeah. it? Around then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, very yeah, impressive. yeah, yeah.
0: I've got to, I really want to rewatch all of the Richie kind of gangster movies, not Revolver. Oh, Revolver's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> like, terrible. Fucking awful. It makes no sense. Um, but Lockstock, Snatch, Rock and Roller, because he's about to return to that world um, with his new film Mm -hmm. The Gentleman Uh, which looks great it is that thing of like Richie mate just just direct yeah. British gangster movies yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like that is clearly his skill set sharp, at the end of the day like, yeah, you know.
2: it's just bang 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 that's mm-hmm. what you
0: want from a guy rich in film 100% you know. and it's clearly the thing he gives a shit about absolutely, at the end of the day absolutely. like yeah you know, it's like he doesn't give a shit about Aladdin or King Arthur no. or anything like that he just what he wants to be doing is those movies the thing, you know. movies were good I like the second s- one I like well, the second uh, yeah. one Game of Shadows Jared Harris oh man yeah yeah and, like fucking amazing
1: he's the Mel Brooks of his own life he wants to do what he's he's, you know interested in so you try and give him King Arthur chucking a bunch of like (laughs) mockney parkour saying that
2: saying that the TV show with Richard Prade was it in the 80s early 80s um uh, what's so a Ray Winston plays mm. Will Scarlet? Oh, yeah. And plays it as Ray Winston. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's like, oh, well, well, Robbie, what's going on? Where's,
0: where's you? your fucking tool? Yeah, where's, <laughs> where's your tool? Where's yeah, You're getting right up, mate. Now I do want to see Guy Ritchie's Robin Hood. Just <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. the gang as the merry <laughs> men Well, I mean, to be fair. I kind of think you have watched the Taron Egerton Robin Hood. I have, you? like, which I would say is as close as we're probably going to get to Guy Ritchie's Robin Hood. Right? Yeah. Just, I mean, that film just slid out. That was it, there was no it's, fanfare.
1: It's amazing how <laughs> you want to make a film that kind of looks like it's directly inspired by flop of the year King Arthur and other flop of the next year Assassin's Creed. It's like, why are you even doing this? <laughs> but, but you
0: didn't mind it. I didn't, didn't you? mind
1: it. I think maybe because like I was watching it waiting for a flight whenever you watch anything in an airport it's instantly a bit better because you'll just like kill yeah. time please um but i think if you lean into the weird choices it's making it's kind of enjoyable if you lean
0: into the fact that it's a ship <laughs> yeah car, basically it's <laughs> great <laughs> Can one way after that? like it,
1: it almost is bloody men in tights actually because it's like it does this weird thing where it's it's it is set in the past but it's kind of not like everyone's wearing <laughs> designer jackets and oh, okay. it's all hoodies isn't it and, yeah, it's and, Hoodie
0: Robin Hood it's and, Robin, like a and Robin, yeah Robin, Robin yeah Robin Hoodie. Robin
1: Hood when he's in the <laughs> crusades it's like he's in Afghanistan he's wearing body armor and stuff and it's, okay. it's really weird choices uh didn't but but do... Mendelsohn really camps up as the bad guy and yeah, Jamie Foxx is fun so didn't I they, don't know yeah. I don't know
2: didn't they do like Macbeth but like, I think Rafe Fiennes was but it was like set they were like in Afghanistan. Oh, you were talking like about Corollanus.
0: Corelanus, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, with so, both so, Ray Fiennes and Gerald yeah, Butler. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a
2: similar sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I do want to. I think it is a much more kind of like serious take than Egerton's Robin Hood. <laughs> which put me off with just the bit in the trailer where um Jamie Fox plays Lord Scarlet, doesn't he? Um, he's, no, uh, Lil, he, but, John. Lil John. Yeah. And literally, he's introducing himself to Robin Hood, yeah. and he says his kind of name, which is obviously a foreign name. And Robin Hood can't pronounce it, and he just kind of stops him. He's like, "Look, you stupid white cunt!" <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it was just like, in your language, it's John. And Taron Egerton just gives the biggest shitty grin I've ever seen. He's like. John, it is. <laughs> like, like, because uh, I'm the idiot. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like, yeah, yeah Fuck yeah. off, you privileged cunt. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. like, like, Nailed it. But like, I do like Taran Egerton Don't get me wrong.
1: Oh,
2: I thought he was yeah. great
0: in Kingsman. Yes, I, I haven't seen
1: yeah, the second yeah, yeah. one. He, but... He's kind of smarming up in Robin Hood. But this is the thing: like watching Men in Tights, I was like, you know, you get the spoof of this genre basically this early. I was amazed that there could even be more kind of gritty attempts at it because yeah. you, you kind of have the ultimate 90s gritty attempt at Prince of Thieves and immediately parody it. That's that dead. And now there's been like, how many attempts and they're still making the same kind of mistakes? It's almost like, do another parody of it now, Men in Tights
0: 2, and just kill it again for a while. Cause well, <laughs> yeah. we were, we're talking gonna keep about trying. the evolution of spoof films, weren't we? And we it, it seemed to almost go... From spoofs of entire series of films or genres to, uh, like, so, airplane disaster uh, movies was yeah. We, I mean, you immediately leap into your head to there was a series of films in the seventies called Airport. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you leap to the fact uh, that it would be based on those. But although it clearly is inspired by those films, it's a direct spoof. Of a like a B movie from the fifties or something, saw, where it's, uh, yeah, it's literally yeah, yeah. the same script. Mm. Like they actually <laughs> bought the script to yeah. it and used the same one, and it's just that that script is this B movie picture, um, which is so so silly, but. Played serious, and that's why in it, you know, you've got Leslie Nielsen playing it straight because at the time he was actually a completely straight that's actor, right. yep. uh, and which is the genius of Nielsen is yep. the fact that he's not hamming it up, no. that he plays it straight, you know, and that's the same with Frank Drebin uh, you know, when you get Police Squad, the yep. TV series, and Naked Gun, where it, it is the straightness mm. in which he plays it, which well, makes Naked it Gun so was funny.
2: Funny, wasn't it? Because Naked Gun, by the time he got to those films. He was more cartoonish. Yes, a little yeah, bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, in the airplane ones and, and police squad, yeah, he was definitely playing it straight. And that's the beauty of these people is that it's like the Marx Brothers playing the piano badly or Les Dawson playing the piano badly. They were brilliant pianists, so they yes. knew how to do it, mm. which is what you have to do. You have to know how to do it before you can undo it. Mm. And so Leslie Nielsen was a, is a was a brilliant actor. And played it brilliantly, so brilliantly, that his, his timing was excellent.
0: Yeah, know, amazing. That. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, in the sense of, I do like the Naked Gun films a lot, mm. but if I have to choose, it's Police Squad. Absolutely. Like 100%, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, literally with that, not only are they a lot shorter, so mm. you kind of like, and, you know, always with comedy it's like shorter the better yeah, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and they are just absolutely packed with guys and they're played so so straight and it's just fucking genius Kerry like,
2: Elwes I, Kerry Elwes yeah as a phenomenal actor and when you see him in like in Saw the first one
0: fucking Saw he's yeah.
2: fucking incredible in that yeah, 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 he's brilliant yeah. and I didn't realise he was English I thought he was American but he's an Englishman
0: I did not know, no, that. I, didn't yeah, know yeah, that. I did not yeah, yeah, know he's that. an Englishman
2: he comes from I think he, I don't know who it was. It was his uncle or somebody was a producer or somebody. So he had connections in that way. And he went to... I think he studied at Lambda. I read that the other day. I was doing a bit of research. So I'm not just remembering <laughs> this. <laughs> and were went, wow, you really know his stuff. Yeah, literally Googled it the other day. Um, but always in saw... Phenomenal. Yeah. And then Saw went a bit stupid. But the first one stands first up. First one is what Wicked. What a film. That really, twist, really
0: great. Yeah. Genuinely... Mm-hmm. When that happened, you go
2: fuck, he was in the room the whole time. <laughs> I, I, mate, I literally
0: fucking referenced this film like the other day at work. They were doing like, a Halloween kind of like theme and I was like, they were talking about different parts of Jedi, and I said, someone should just lie on the floor the entire day <laughs> yeah. and then just get up at the end of the day and lock the office so, up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, well,
2: but he goes, hey, it's game over. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but even now, even now, I know it was a film and I still think about what that guy would have been going through mm. locked in that room no key, nothing, yeah, that's yeah, where, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. you're going to go, yeah. you're fucking what would you do, torture, you know? the mental, Torture that you would have gone through at your end of the end of days. Yeah, it keeps me awake at night because well, <laughs> it gets so
0: extreme. Yeah. at the end where he actually is slicing his own yeah, arm off, yeah, everything yeah. like that, and then still they they don't win. They're they're no. fucked. Going yeah. like at the end of that, and like yeah, the first sort is mm. fucking phenomenal. But he's a weird actor, isn't he? Because he is good, I think. Um, but he's had an odd career. Very really, odd career. Yeah. because obviously he was in the Princess Bride, yeah. which is phenomenal. Uh, which, funny was-
1: enough, his performance in the Princess Bride is him riffing on Errol Flynn.
0: Yeah, yeah right because so maybe... who is he in the Princess Bride because I'm not. unlike most people I'm not like a fanatic about Princess Bride it's Wesley isn't it like I've film. seen yeah. it he's not the um, you know you killed my father guy is no it? no that's, no, no, that's no, the, go, know, on that's the, on the yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't think it goes hey,
2: inconceivable <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that word means
0: what do you think it means <laughs> so who is he in Princess Bride he's Wesley he's the stable boy yeah who's in love with Princess who's in love with the princess
2: right and then he and then he becomes the mast, the whatever yeah, yeah 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 and goes in search of the princess to save her okay and so she doesn't realize it's the it's the
0: stable boy well look guys right. maybe i need to see it again. <laughs> it's, like- it's one of the best films and, look-
2: it, and obviously narrated by uh, peter falk columbo yeah
0: yeah with yeah.
2: Uh, fred what's his fred name fred savage fred savage yes. is the kid that he's the and peter falk is the granddad Telling mm-hmm. in the story. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's really nice. It's I a mean, brilliant yeah.
1: film. That's a film that really gets the tone just right, where it's yeah. like it's a genuine adventure film. It's a genuine throwback to the kind of Errol Flynn films. It's a genuine comedy. It's genuine romance. Ties it all in it's so wonderfully. All. And it's really like off kilter and kind of uh, postmodern as well with the book yeah. ending and the, uh, everything going on there. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, yeah.
2: it, is, it is what Men in Tights should have been. Yeah. Men in Tights has some great gags in it. Like the one. Where they, where they say um, I don't know if you've made a note I'm <laughs> It's
0: struggling <laughs> to think of it. No, no, <laughs> no. Like, uh, so, I so many that. great guys. This like one you. is when
2: he comes back and he and. Uh, and they've taken the castle but they've literally rolled it away <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah and no that is funny yeah. so they've
2: ta- they've rolled the castle away. they've literally taken the castle <laughs> and Blinken who's been in charge of everything the whole time the blind assistant <laughs> yeah. is sat on the toilet <laughs> yeah. and he's got this playboy but it's up like, because he's blind it's like, it's like braille, it's a braille playboy, playboy <laughs> and he's sitting on the toilet he doesn't realise that the castle's now been moved away so everybody can see him sat on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 there's a
0: or, lot yeah, of blind like, gags yeah that, yeah, a lot of I found a lot of them funny when he's just like <laughs> on the look out of town, it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, he's yeah, like yeah, yeah, just guessing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the bit, isn't he, where they're in the where they attack uh the the castle, yeah. like, yeah, and he's just literally <laughs> he's just fighting so <laughs> <like, like, he laughs> with a beam or so that, but that's my favorite moment. It during that attack, where which is pure Errol Flynn, yeah, where Robin Hood is kind of fighting and he gets offered like a drink while he's fighting, kind of by one of the servants, and that is, is yeah. great.
1: Because he's still fighting without even looking behind
0: him. Is yeah. It? Yeah, like, you, yeah, yeah, Because that feels totally, yeah. absolutely shot on point with that well, kind of whole, Errol Flynn the film. The whole beginning of that sequence has one of my favourite gags
1: where the sheriff's just like, so now we'll fight mano on mano, just you, me, and my guns.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, That is funny. And it is, uh, I, I've got to say, it was nice to see Richard Lewis like in this film just because, yeah. like I say, I... Can you think about it he's fucking I just assumed he curve? was a genuine like comedian
1: who knew Larry well, David he and is. appeared in Curb. I didn't yeah. know he was actual A. He's been in like really
2: small movies, yeah. nothing special. Like this is kind up, of what he's right. known for he's outside of in the Curb, I guess. Certain TV shows and things like that. But again, you know, he plays that really well when mm. he's yeah. when he's in the bath and he comes and he's like, I thought you're your mole was the, the other,
0: <laughs> other sign. He's, he's always like, moving mole. mole. <laughs> Ends up in the middle of his forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favourite line from him is when he's, it'll either be a wedding or hanging. Either way, we we'll gonna have a lot of fun. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, he says to you, yeah, because
2: he's, uh, he's uh, I've, got, I've got bad news. He's like, no, 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 no bad news.
3: I don't want to hear any bad news. Now, what type of news is it? Well, to be perfectly frank, it's bad. I KNEW IT! I KNEW IT WAS BAD NEWS!
0: <sighs> Wait a minute. I have an idea. Maybe if you tell me the bad news in a good way, it won't sound so bad to you. The
1: bad, the bad news in, in a good way. Uh, uh, yes, yes, I can do that. Yes, bad news in a good, good way.
0: Yeah. Um, <coughs> uh, well, here goes. Ha, ha, ha! <laughs> wait, wait till you hear this! I just bumped into Robin of Locksley. He's back from the Crusades. Ha,
1: ha, ha, ha. You know, he just, he just beat the crap out of me and
0: my men. <laughs> you have got a rapey witch? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> god, yeah. Tracy turning, turning the tables on the sheriff of Nottingham, who is obviously very rapey in *Prince of Thieves*. Um, is that Tracy Ullman yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. La- latrine. latrine. Previously known as yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a <fucking> some <laughs> the night character names in this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tracy Ullman of course, most famous for being sort of the originator of the Simpsons. Uh-huh. From the, I mean. The, Always, it's still to this day. I don't. It doesn't quite process in my head how The Simpsons started as like little shorts on the Tracey Ullman show. Like, yeah. like it just feels like a weird thing in terms of. And I think it must feel weird for her because that is. Kind of the thing she's become most famous for, mm. in terms of being like, oh, The Simpsons was a thing on your show, something that she wouldn't have been creatively involved in. Yeah, like, like back in the eighties as well, like late eighties. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. thing that
1: didn't she have like a new show, a new Tracy Ullman show on ITV and stuff? Yeah, yeah. she did recently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a new thing which is meant to be good. Yeah, you know, I'm sure she's had a great career. It just feels like yeah, such a weird one. Yeah, like
2: wasn't uh, she a wasn't she a psycho psychotherapist in something?
0: I thought you were going to say a psychopath, <laughs> is a psychopath? Uh, I think that's why her career is oh a Yeah, to now play. that rings
1: a her playing some kind of therapist in
0: either a drama or yeah,
1: like the, something. Yeah, not The Sopranos, but something Not something Sopranos, like that, no.
0: Something like that. Like, yeah, uh, yeah Lorraine Bracco in uh, The Sopranos. Let's
2: talk about The Sopranos! <laughs> <laughs> which is another, you know what, which is another TV show I've not really watched.
0: Uh-oh. Watch bits of it. <laughs> like you literally see the shot <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. my face. Like, but when you say it, do you mean as in just, you just haven't, when it just hasn't happened? It, or? When it
2: started, I just, I just wasn't around. I think, I had children very young. When I was, I had children, I was 20 years old. So, a lot of my time was spent dealing with being a dad at mm. a young age. So, Rich, like, you made the wrong choices in life. You could have been watching
0: The Sopranos <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that children. So I never, I
2: never got I never was, I wasn't around, I wasn't in to watch The Sopranos. And then I remember Adam Bloom, comedian friend of mine. We were we'd done a gig and I I said to him as well, we were coming back, and he, he was going, Sopranos is one of the best TV shows that's ever been made, and I'm like, I've never seen it. And he nearly Pushed me out of the car, Quite even right. though I was driving. <laughs> it's the right reaction. Yeah. And he said, Right, that's it. He goes, You have to, when you drop me off, you have to take with you the box set. I've got a, the box set, of season one. I went, Yeah, fine, I'd love to, of course. And so he goes upstairs, comes back down, and he gives me season two. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he went, goes, I've lent season one to someone else, but I need you to see this. And I said, so I went, It'll yeah, be season two, Adam. It's uh, yeah.
0: flawed logic yeah. Adam is using here I'm afraid. So, like, so I did, <laughs> and I
2: love Adam. And bless him. I know what he was trying to do. So I took it and never watched it. I just kind of went, oh, I don't want to offend him. Um, and so recently I I started to watch it. Amazing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can I can get into this. It was the first couple and someone did say that to me. The first couple you kind of go, eh, it's all right. But then it just kicks in and you oh mm, yeah, mm. this
0: is it. So yeah, I'm
2: looking forward to it kicking in.
0: I think like the best dramas it's an acquired taste yeah. in terms of it takes a look you seen The Wire? yes okay but even, so, that,
2: even that, I got to the beginning of season three so I've got through the second one which was the Polish one oh right okay and then the, I've, I think I've watched the first episode of season three about 20 times <laughs> right. And I'm like, All right I'm going to do this and I never I'm like, Are you oh, just man. haven't finished it? no I just haven't finished it oh my god no, no, like, so, my, 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 my missus Jade Adams People might know from listening to this. She's another comedian. She loves to binge watch television. Yeah, just recently she's binge watched Ali McBeal
0: again. Uh, right, okay. I just got to say quickly because <laughs> this is very weird. My uh, <laughs> my partner uh, has an Ali McBeal podcast. Well, in fact, really? the only Ali McBeal podcast. Yeah, because so must basically. be the literally only. Literally one. literally the only one. It's called Bygones. It's oh my God. An, analysing, yeah, analysing Ali <laughs> Bill from like a uh, 2019 feminist perspective. Right. Well. Uh, and so they're literally towards the end of season two right now. You need to get Jade so on. So there you yeah. go. That's the thing. She's literally share, uh, been binging it. She, uh, yeah. I will tell them they've got to get Jade Absolutely, on. Absolutely.
2: Honestly, Jade gets so annoyed with me that I can't, <laughs> I don't sit and binge it. Like we, I will watch one or two episodes. Yeah, yeah. I watch a third at a push, but after a while, I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, my brain
1: starts to go wandering off. <laughs> and binging an old school yeah, twenty four no, no. episode network show. that's, yeah, that's yeah. an ass. I you can't know.
2: do it. I can't. Like well, like, mm. like Jade's been. She's been getting into Friends again as well. Going over old episodes. Last night, I we were we were in this hotel, and I was I was I was uh, I was going over many tights and 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 space balls, and I was trying to get it. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that bit. <laughs> And then Jade was in the corner watching Friends on her phone. I'm like, babe, listen, I've got to... Do you mind if I... <laughs> she couldn't even hear what I was doing. She was so engrossed in it. She's got that skill as well. She could just block out everything else that's going around Where well, I'm trying to watch many times, and I've got one of the episodes of Friends in my ear. And I'm like, now so I'm listening to that. And I go, yeah, that's a funny line, but I've got to watch this. So Jade's really good at binging stuff, and she gets really annoyed that I won't do it. And so, Well, you know. I
0: think maybe you should... Get her to binge Sopranos with you, yeah, because they will. Like, I, I mean, generally right, I would say <laughs> research for your podcast, Rich. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, right. because of course. The, yes, the entire yes. thing is, I mean, I would say because it started in the late nineties, yeah, and that was analyzing that then of the idea of like, you know, Tony is the most macho man like you could ever have, kind of thing. like, yeah. you know, this huge, like, massing, like, gangster kind of thing, and the whole thing is about him going to this psychology and he has to do it in secret got, because yeah, yeah, it's, it's seen yeah. as like a total betrayal of his culture yep. um and his background and yeah I mean it is it's fucking fascinating man as basically I should I mean regular listeners will probably already know but basically I consider it the greatest work of narrative fiction ever created right like okay. better than a book film tv series wow, like, yeah, you know, literally I, it's just absolute fucking masterpiece and i think you will kind of like it will hit you mm. like how many episodes you've done only a few not many okay all right
2: only a couple but it's i you know what it's like someone said because i really love film i love yeah. i love movies my one of my favorite films is um uh, grand budapest hotel okay i love just the way it looks mm. it looks like a graphic novel the mm. way it's shot it's beautiful there's a bit where they're lying in bed and it just it just it's just brilliantly shot it looks yeah, yeah. fantastic Dead Man's Shoes, another brilliant movie, mm. but it really—I really have to make it. I love film and, and certain television shows, but I have to really make an effort because I'm sometimes I'll just sit and stare out the window <laughs> for hours. I mean, there's interesting stuff <laughs> going <laughs> on. <laughs> <So> it's <laughs> got to be a good <laughs> show to tear me away from <laughs> this. <Yeah. laughs> lost in my own head I'm like suddenly I'm like oh, I'll been lying on the floor for 2 hours <laughs> just staring at the ceiling just thinking about rubbish really yeah. I'm like I should
1: watch more Well now just there's just definitely the paralysis of choice where yes. you know back yeah. in the day you wander into Blockbuster and you spend ages trying to pick something out the it's like that but for infinity it's just like well, there's, there's, there's everything yeah. well, there's It's too the same much. with music yeah. i used
2: to have a list i used to have a list of records that i wanted to buy in my wallet because it was impossible to find them, and yeah, if yeah. you found it, ah, oh, amazing! It's like finding treasure. But now, every song you've ever heard ever is available.
0: Yeah, every anytime.
2: movie, yeah, every TV yeah. show, everything is there. And yeah. So there's, we've lost that kind of that 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 you know the the, the sacred. We've lost we've lost the search <laughs> that that the thrill of the chase. Mm. When mm. Oh yeah, mm. I remember that. Or you know, and, and finding something, you go, "Oh yes, I found it! Amazing! This this copy of yeah. this thing,
1: which just is just there." This is my jam. Yeah, this yeah. Is Whereas it. now it's like if you haven't watched the new whatever on the Friday, it's out by next Friday rolls around. There's more there's stuff coming. So there's a yeah. constant yeah. tidal wave, and then you, so then you think, yeah. "Oh, I'm not going to do it straight away," and then I'll never do it because yeah. there's twenty there's, more new things coming. There's
2: also I'm always wary of when a lot of people tell me that something's good. Because nine times out of ten, it's just basic people looking at basic things. No offence to anyone listening to this, <laughs> but I'm better than you. So I just, just when whenever, whenever there's a lot of people going, oh, this is amazing, this is amazing. I kind mm. of go, oh, hang on a minute, I'll find out myself. Mm. Breaking Bad, I didn't watch that when it was on. It was afterwards. My my eldest son and I were briefly living together and we just went right let's watch this and we can't watch it without each other we have to watch it together so there was no sneaky and it was one of the best TV shows ever just yeah, yeah. every single detail of it is perfect and when you watch the well I was watching a thing recently and they were, they were talking about how it was the, the fact that the clothing was, was, to, was linked to the mood of the episode it's always very
0: colour coded oh breaking man bones. it's
2: so clever mm. and that bit where he flings the pizza onto the roof and they said to him, "Right, we want to get you. Got to get this on the roof and the pizza out of the box." And they did it in the first take. <laughs> that blew my mind. So it's things like that I get really into. The details mm. I get
0: really into. I'm you like, see, oh. El
2: Camino, yeah? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Again, heard mixed things.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I liked it. You liked it mm-hmm. as well, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So we we're both supporters. Like, I'd say if you're, it's not Breaking Bad at the uh, end of the day. It's it's its own thing yeah. in terms of it is like I mean. Is so like Better Call Saul, it's like a separate... Yeah, and it's also, you watch it and it's very clearly been constructed as a film yeah in right. terms of like and when i say a film, i mean like an indie character study movie like it's less eventful yeah than most episodes of breaking bad like you know in terms of it feels very much it clearly reveals about Jesse itself Pinkman.
1: as this like neo-western basically yeah. that's kind of like grounded. Yeah, 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 yeah. but
0: we had me and liam
1: had this debate recently of like you know what is film yeah in this age <laughs> where you know, there's stuff made for cinema that gets theatrical releases. There's stuff that's made for Netflix, but it is a film. Mm. And then there's this, which is made for Netflix, part of a TV series, but a film. And it's like, where does this... And it had some cinema screening. So it's like, where does this even fall? Because there are certain... There are some things that are made as a, th- like, you know, feature-length follow-up to TV that is still TV. Yeah. And then yeah, other yeah. things that aren't... And we're just... we had this, like, crazy debate recently where it's like, you know, what is... What? What is life? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like what? Yeah, the, the those, budgets, isn't it? It's those, the budgets, those, yeah.
2: and it's the fact that they are recognising that people don't go to the cinema like they used to, mm. but they've got the budgets to be producing things that will that are TV shows and will mm. they yeah. out that way. So the lines get a little bit blurred. So most of the things you see at the cinema, there are all these epic explosions and like you have got four D. We went and saw, um, saw we saw it too. Oh yeah! In the 4D oh, with wow. all the bits, because I'm quite—I'm short. I'm only five foot seven and three quarters. So there's a bit like they've got these jets of air that come out, and they're supposed to go on your neck. Oh, this but, is the full yeah, yeah the full yeah, thing. Yeah. Like the chair moves like a roller coaster. A clown walk, runs out into the At the end of the film, all this smoke comes from under this under the this dry ice comes from underneath the screen. And there's all these massive things, and water squirts out in your face, and all these things. And I was with Jade, and Jade's taller than me. Jade's 5'11. So the whole film, she's like, whoa, oh, oh, oh I can't, I, just, I can't handle this, I can't handle this. But the, the jets of air weren't going on my neck because I'm short. They were going in my ears. <laughs> this is a different, feel, a different feeling. It wasn't scary, it was more annoying. <laughs> but that's the thing. So you're getting things at the cinema have to be more epic and more explosions and mm. all this sort of thing. Whereas, yeah the, the budgets are there for they um I mean, look at the actors as well the actors are focusing more on television as well and computer games
3: because mm, yeah. that's where the it's money coming is. up yeah. yeah
2: so it's a weird time yeah mm. yeah I don't think there's a I don't think there's anything that like if you look back to these times there's nothing that really mm. is of this time. It's all a mishmash and a blur. We're like like trying to find ourselves like like really find our identity in these these times. Even people. I think that's like going back to the mental health thing. That's why people are going oh I've got this and I've got that because they're looking for something that characterises them and sets them apart from everybody else. So I think that's the same with films and TV. They're trying to do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. we, we try to find have shared yet. culture no. in the way we used to. Exactly. Or it's
0: very fucking rare. You go back to the nineties and if you see something now from the you go, oh that's a nineties, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where well, <laughs> there's there's not many things, I mean, apart from something I would say like the MCU, yeah. like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, although Martin Scorsese will tell you it's not cinema. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh like, you know, Like literally something like seeing Avengers Endgame in the cinema in a packed screening the weekend it came out. That felt like such a communal experience. Mm, You're bringing people together. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. This three-hour epic film where there was rounds of applause at different moments from the audience and stuff like that and in terms of that's one of the few things I can think of now where you turn to anyone and you say about a Marvel movie and even if they don't like it or they're aware of what it is Mm. and they're kind of like you know but there are so many things now where we live in such a niche culture where there's something in your head that can seem like quite a big thing to you yeah and then you'll turn around to people like uh, I found it recently with because we had Shazad Latif on the podcast um, wow. who plays Ash Tyler in Star Trek Discovery, and most famous probably being Clam Fandango in Toast of London, which is this kind of yeah, you know, cult, cult figure, cult series, and like, in my head, Toast of London is this really big thing. Yeah, yeah Like you yeah, know, I'm like everyone knows Toast of hmm. London, right? That's like you know, at least that the... aired on TV and not yeah, a yeah. streaming. Yeah, yeah. It's thing. like one mm. of the biggest comedies of like the last ten years and stuff. Literally, I swear, every single person I've mentioned, like, Toast of London to, to like, kind of, who, people will ask, kind of, you know, what I'm doing on the podcast and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I'm interviewing Shazad the Thief, kind of thing. And they were just like, oh, who's that? Uh, she said, oh, Ken Fandango from Toast And they're like, what? <laughs> What's that? What yeah, that's yeah, like? In my head, I'm like, Toast of London. That's not a big show. it's is like a cultural <laughs> sensation. I <Like>, know <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> like, it's, like, like, yeah. And it's like, but people are just like, what? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like because in the fan base it has, it's massive. Going kind of mm. like, but it's not. You just don't get many uh, <laughs> TV shows now because we've got more TV shows than ever before. Literally, mm. like, you don't get that same thing. Everyone's just got. Their own fervent fan bases, the hardcore <laughs> for that, and then there's nothing that's kind of actually capturing like the total public yeah, so yeah, or like, very rarely. Well, I've, I've just Breaking pictured Bad you running one, down, yeah, Breaking and even Bad. that's like yeah. ages ago now. are yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like uh, and
1: that didn't catch on until yeah. the end of it. Basically, I remember
2: that. I remember seeing the adverts for it or seeing. It's really, of
1: it. it's really interesting. What I love doing yeah. for TV shows is if you go on their Wikipedia page for most shows, they have a graph showing the ratings per season as it went on. And Breaking Bad's is, like, like low, 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 nothing for, like, the first three. Then it kind of goes up slightly, and then it just goes... It up went to, mad, didn't it? So it mad. kind of, like, has this expo- exponential growth, which many shows don't have anyway. But the extent in which it jumps between, like, its penultimate and its last season is crazy. Because by that point, everyone had caught on, and then it hit, came to Netflix, I think, when it was airing the new episodes of the final season. And so, yeah, so that's one that's so in the conscious now, but you could be like watching season three of that at the time and no one would know what the hell
0: you would no. yeah. watch it. was exactly the same yeah. thing for The Wire. Yeah. Like... But back to Men in Tights. <laughs> like, uh, with the Men in Tights song. I found that enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny I've
1: been having more like fun reminiscing about the, the movie in this chat. Than chapter. actually watching Yeah it. because yeah, one yeah, of my notes yeah. says like it's the sort of film that's bad but it wears me down <laughs> over time until i'm having fun with it because i was really kind of harsh during the first half hour of my notes and then by the end i'm just writing lol lol lol, lol. i was i found it
2: i yeah it was it's definitely of its time many times mm, yeah and going back to it because i had a wonderful you know when i watched it the first time i it I was it was it was a nice time of my life and mm. so there's that wonderful nostalgia and you go hey oh, yeah, that was funny and watching it now, those heady go, days in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go, wow. Okay, yeah, that has not aged well. And it was—I found some of it not problematic, but it was—it was a bit just the humor of it. Somebody who was like, oh, "God, what bits <laughs> you know, are you thinking of?" The bit, just some of the, just some of the. Well, the the bit with um, well Mel Brooks's bit when he turns up as the he's the the rabbi. Rabbi Tuckman. Yeah, yeah, and he's talking about them being being gay oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's uh, just a lot of the humor. like with the, when they're fighting on the bridge and dave chappelle goes well, you don't need to do that he goes look i'm on the east side i'm on the west side the, you don't need to do this it's and then they're breaking the sticks down they get smaller and smaller <laughs> And that was—I was like, yeah, that's really—that was funny when he was whacking him like, <laughs> just on, like the, on the fingers. fingers. <laughs> but it was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, it was, it was just. <laughs> I don't know. Well,
0: there's so many jokes that are just laboured. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah labored. I think that's part of the yeah, problem yeah, in yeah. terms of like you know you were talking about Dave Chappelle. There's a bit where he literally says, "White man can't jump." Can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He God. was like, "Oh Christ!" It's, there's another bit where they reference Blazing Saddles, mm. uh, where it's they the last actually, line of the film? Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Where they actually turn around, and they go. A black sheriff, like, yeah, you know, is in surprise. And in my head, I went, oh, nice little nod to Blazing Saddles. Yeah, like, I neat. was like, that's yeah. quite nice. And then someone actually goes, oh, it worked in Blazing Saddles. Number <laughs> one is another case of Mel Brooks fucking referencing himself. Again, he's just like, check out my other masterpiece, Blazing Saddles. Uh, yeah. But also, it's the thing, I, I yeah, I know. Like, I, I remember Blazing Saddles, <laughs> Mel. I don't need I've you worked to say it. i out. it, yeah, yeah, already worked yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. It just literally banging it on the fucking head. Like, again, it's just... Yeah, and Blazing Saddles as well. Like, we were talking about this earlier about the big, the cowpokes fighting scene. Mm. Right, if you don't find that scene funny, Blazing Saddles is not going to be a masterpiece (laughs) for you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, in terms of, like, that is held up as literally comic perfection by a lot of people. And I think it is funny in a lot of ways, everything like that, but... Literally, that is the big scene. It goes on for so long. Yeah. And if you don't find fighting funny, you are fucked. <laughs> <Literally>, <laughs>
3: that is,
0: that is it. And
2: in Mel Brooks' films, there's always a moment where it's, it's that you see behind the scenes. Yeah. So in Robin Hood, he's he's having a fight and he goes to stab him. And then he ends up skewing someone's bagel. <laughs> yeah, the he's crew like one, of, he's one of the crews. Hey! <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. Blazing Saddles at the end where they ride off into the sunset, but then mm. they get into a limousine and then they drive off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's always in Mel Brooks, there's yeah. always a, 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 sort of a peek behind the curtain, yeah. which is a nice
1: touch. It is, like you say, this weird mix of kind of really beleaguered jokes where you're just like, yeah, I kind of get it now, but, it's lost all humour immediately and then kind of really off the cuff stuff that really does catch me off guard like some of the light lines are, like one of my other lines towards the end when they're the merry men are all dressed up as ladies, and they're getting changed. He's like, right, let's get out of these women's clothes and into our tights. Oh yeah, and it's <laughs> like, that's, that's smart, that's funny, that's the yeah. best yeah. line. But then yeah. the other bits, like you say, like you know, when they knock over all the knights during the big fight, and they all go over like dominoes, and it like takes about a minute to show them all toppling yeah, over. It's yeah. like, oh, I get it. I but get there is it. a
2: nod there where, before they do the many tights song, and he comes out of the little John comes out of the toilet, and he says, oh, you're blind, you have to be a man to wear tights. How <laughs> 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 yeah. my seams? He goes, yeah,
0: great. He goes. Nailed it. Yeah, where it was, you know, really, they're really pleased with themselves. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff at the end. Yeah. Prepare for the fight scene. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Again, all the bullshit where they're looking at the scripts everything oh. like that. Like, yeah, that is just very much a bit. That happened recently. We saw The Dead Don't Die, didn't mm. we? They oh, fucking yeah. do that in that. Well, oh, it, I it, I right? mean, yeah. It, the when you the, don't really expected them. The from that Jim one. Jarmusch zombie film, which yep. are, like all star cast, Bill Murray, Adam Driver, everything like that. And they're in a car, and they say like, "Oh, I've read the script," and this happens, everything like I'm just like, it's not fucking funny, guys. No. Like, it's just it's one of oh, those really i good things about that. No. No, yeah. Yeah. no, fucking out. I mean, we <laughs> 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 we we watched a midnight screening of it, right? right. And, we and that was the pretty wrong... drunk. Yeah, and that was the wrong fucking time when you were pissed, so you're tired and it's midnight and it's like literally one of the most drawn out <laughs> boring films oh god uh,
2: oh god it was awful it's yeah ju- it's just hard work when a film's boring i don't mind i mean like blade runner the first blade runner great film long but i like what it looks like which is what keeps me yeah keeps visually, me interested in it. visually it's stunning, fantastic yeah. but it's long mm. but if a film's boring and there's nothing keeping you interested I mean that's that's, yeah that's it I mean I've seen
1: like 77 minute long films that are boring as hell and then I've seen three hour plus films that I could just watch all day and it's just yeah it's all yeah yeah, completely in the pace and whether it's grabbing you and stuff it's
0: not an issue with the length I mean the Irishman is coming out which is like three and a half hours. Jesus. And I but I can't fucking wait for it. Yeah, mate. I'm looking like like forward to it. Three yeah. and a half hours of Marty, De Niro, Pacino, <laughs> Pesci. Give me fucking more. Mate. Give me five hours. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, you've seen it already, yeah. haven't
1: you? And like So I saw it at like a sort of simul simulcast when it premiered at the film festival. So I saw it at the art cinema oh, okay. here in Finchley. And you know, they they had like a 20 minute preamble of like the live red carpet stuff. So add 20 minutes to that runtime. It was like nearly pushing four hours. I was sat there. Wow. Still would have taken like another hour
0: of it. Like it felt like that kind of film. I am looking forward it's to fantastic. it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like also, if you found Blade Runner boring, don't watch Blade Runner 2049. Oh, God, no. Because <laughs> like, uh, it. no. it's an hour longer <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and it, doesn't, it doesn't need it. But Blade Runner. I'd say, watch it about five fucking times. <laughs> it gets really good. <laughs> go. I sound like I'm really <laughs> negative about everything. But it's,
2: I've just watched The Joker and I, I'm just like, everything now is just shit. Oh,
0: I, you liked it, loved yeah? loved The Joker. Yeah, yeah, movie. I really, really liked, you liked it. You liked it as well, didn't I you? It, we all yeah. liked it, I've yeah. I've seen yeah. it twice now. Really? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And you, it's surprising how many things you see again when you go back to it. And yeah, I remember I was sat with with uh, another comic and his girlfriend we didn't say a word for the entire thing. And I'd heard some people say in like reviews, that they kind of oh, it's, you know, it, it, it's like, it, it could be seen as like an incel thing and I all that. Agree. Well, that was it. So I, when I came out and we still weren't saying anything because we were, I think we were just so hit by mm. this film. Mm. And then she, and then my friend's girlfriend says, she goes, I didn't see any of that incel shit in that. That's one of the best films I've ever seen. Mm. The way, the way it, it doesn't, I've said this before, it doesn't patronise, it doesn't pander to what's gone before. It lets you fill in the gaps when he's coming down off of his meds and you realise that's why things have gone the way they've gone and you're like, I got that. It's, well, you felt clever almost for getting it. You go, oh yeah, I saw that. Mm. Oh, that's why that was. It's one of the best films I've ever seen. Very on brand for you as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Kind that's the thing, was like kind of, I was doing a gig the other day and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough gig. And I remember going home I'm on the train. I was leaning against the window, just looking out. <laughs> I just felt, oh, shit, yeah, maybe I'm him.
0: <laughs> oh, did, did yeah. you shoot a couple of stockbrokers? I felt <laughs> sure. like yeah, it. <laughs> like, <yeah, I'm> <laughs> <like, yeah. laughs> <laughs> if there had been a couple, I probably would have done it. Like, yeah, I, mate, I really loved Joker. And I am someone who is sensitive to these issues and mm. everything like that. Like, you know, but Joker... Like, I saw, and I was fully prepped, and i read lots of reviews about very, very mixed, you know, some mm. people saying Masterpiece, some people saying, like, you know, uh, apology for incel culture yeah, and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. I watch it, and I genuinely... Yeah, like you said, I did not see incel culture no. in Joker. I think, like, you know, I could see how potentially someone could subvert it to kind of, like, in their head be about that, but I was like, I don't really think that character on screen, the way he's depicted falls in line with what we know as incel culture. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of thing, which a lot of that is to do with kind of, you know, these guys who hate women because mm. they won't fuck them yeah. and hate men who can fuck them. And that's not really what no. that character is about.
2: It was just a man that had just had the worst hand yeah. given to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he was just crushed by the world around him. And he wasn't, you know, he tried to do his best, and he was looking mm. after his mum, and he was dealing with his own his own demons, and he was trying to get his head around things. and, and then you, when you work out, you go, "Oh shit!" He did. He was just born in the mm. wrong place, wrong time. Everything about his life was shit. Mm. And it's just mm. you just see that you go, "Wow, well, I'm not surprised you became what you became." You were just surrounded by horrible stuff since birth. So yeah, I really felt for him. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. about
0: a man who falls through societal and institutional cracks yeah, in the yeah, system yeah. essentially. Yeah. and I mean you know it is about the mental health system and about kind of like you know if you look at even though it's set in the early '80s, it's essentially about things that are happening now with cuts mm, in the absolutely. health system um, the ruling, that are going
2: the, well, this is it the ruling the people ruling us. Don't give a shit. Yeah, they, you know they're they like yeah, for instance for instance that the Grenfell report that's coming out a bit of it was leaked the other day, and they're blaming the fire brigade mm. for it. Jesus. And you're like, are you kidding? The fire brigade? What? You've cuts. You've made so many cuts. You've shut so, so many stations. You've, there aren't enough firemen. There aren't enough. There's not enough money in that, and you're and now you're blaming yeah. them for this, where it clearly wasn't
0: them. I hate wait, it, it wasn't just them riles to, up the public. Yeah, to hate them rather are. than the exactly. people who are. And not there are, and there's enough people them. that will believe that. Uh, yeah, there are, and that narrative's been going on for a long time because you know every time. Firemen go on strike. Uh, They are completely demonized by the right wing press of just like basically making out like they're murderers or something for not doing their job. It's just like, you know, these guys, like everyone else, have to feed their families. Mm. You can't, it's this, and the same thing happens with uh, nurses and stuff like that and doctors when they go on strike. It's just like, just like everyone else, you, you can't kind of, you know, throw them under the bus and basically say, right, well, it's your responsibility to do your job, no matter how shitty your wages are and what's happening to you yeah. and how much you're shit upon because otherwise we're going to demonise you in the press. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know. And also with Joker, I think what has been difficult is there is a bit of a narrative that goes on now because obviously the character like depicted in Joker, Arthur Fleck, is a straight white male um and there is a bit of thing that goes on why should we feel sorry for this man Mm. he's straight white and male like therefore he is privileged everything like that That is there's a part of that that is true of course as a straight white male like you know we all have privilege Mm. of some degree however I often find at the moment, and I understand why, because there are a lot of different issues with various different minorities at the moment, but the class often gets taken out of the equation Mm. at the moment with these kind of discussions in terms of like, you know, you watch kind of Joker, there's this man who's kind of working... working class underclass yeah, maybe yeah, even yeah, yeah. and you know that seems to get ignored in terms of kind of, I, I do think there's a great deal of classism that goes on in these discussions which is really really important absolutely yeah. um because you know that is obviously something that does affect kind of you know everyone no matter what kind of color mm, or creed yeah. or kind of like gender if you've if you're at the bottom of that kind of thing, yes, of course, if you're straight white and male, that you are going to have certain kind of privileges and everything like that, that someone else at the same kind of financial line as you, who's black Mm. or everything like that, like it's going to be even worse for, but at the same time, you still got it pretty shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's like, it can't be
2: ignored. And yeah. yeah, when we're talking, when you, I hear this all the time, especially in comedy now, you hear a lot of, I hear a lot of uh women comedians saying oh st-, you know they're straight white male this and straight white male that and i go and i'm like well i get i know what you're talking about you're talking about but you're talking about a certain percentage mm. of of very privileged straight white men mm. that do that do take the spoils and are ruling things and i get it but the, you know for want of a better phrase it goes not all men you know it isn't, we're not all sex offenders and we're not all child molesters and we're not all <clears throat> some of us are just trying to get by you mm-hmm. know And but we are in the middle of a massive overcorrection so I kind of go Listen, you just got to go with it because I totally get why it's yeah. happening oh, I, think I totally right. get why it's happening and it should be happening absolutely I back it 100% so for me to sit here and be moaning oh what well, well, I'm not getting the chances getting <laughs> i was getting before no you're not and rightly so yeah it's now your turn to shut your fucking mouth and let it happen man yeah but so yeah we're in the middle of this massive thing and it it should be happening and Mm. yeah I mean I talked about this the other day I was talking about someone I was talking about Quincy a comedian he's a a black guy we were talking about privilege and Mm. it was just saying, you know part of my privilege is that when I was younger I was able to go out in my car and drive it after 10pm without fear yeah. of being yeah. molested by the police or, you know, anybody judging me for being out. Where... And you
0: wouldn't have even thought about it either, No, well. it didn't even uh, cross my yeah. mind. Mm, yeah, yeah.
2: And so that when you hear the words privilege, you're not talking about your money or your position.
1: Mm, it's stuff you often can't it's see. It's stuff you can't even yeah.
2: see. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, I'm glad that it's changing and you just have yeah. to go with it and go, yep. Yeah, I think that's why so fine. many
1: people react badly to when people go on about privilege because they're they're not able to see what it is in their particular life. Yes, yeah. they yeah. might they might hear the arguments about money or whatever and go like oh well, that's not me and it's like well there's something going to be something about you that is you that you, you can't see somewhere because yeah. it's you and that's just your life and it's yeah. you're going to need to be have that pointed out no matter what that might
0: be um, yeah, yeah 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 exactly mm. and it is that thing of like you say it's like when you actually we're talking about that, and you said not all made. You rolled your eyes mm, yeah, in terms of yeah. like it's just like because I know it. that you're gonna get yeah yeah because you don't even want to say it no. because it's like that's the thing and it, it, like you say it's like that thing of going yes of course you have to acknowledge we're in we're in the part of a massive sea change and you know when that's happening everything like that you have to allow um, for these things that it's gonna such a massive time of upheaval absolutely things are kind of going to get lost through the cracks and you know at a certain time it will kind of eventually kind of realign into it's like that thing where you go kind of believe all survivors everything like that and like I stand by that in terms of because you can't you fucking have to and hopefully there will be a time where you can turn around and go like, oh, okay, well now we can have perhaps more of a kind of like even keel of kind of, you know, talk about because maybe the justice system will be fairer for people who are survivors Mm. of that kind of trauma. But right now it's so fucked. It's like, you know, you have to stand by these people and go, yeah, I believe you and I support you. But back to Men in (laughs) Tights.
2: Patrick's... Actually, back, if you look back through television and cinema, you could, there's no way we could sit here and complain about things like here hear actors now going, Oh, I'm not getting the parts, I'm not getting the parts. Mm. They're going to BAME actors and they're like, Yeah, look back. Yeah. Very few black actors got the main role. Very few there was very mm. few programmes. Mm. Very few female Without it being roles. a part of the yeah, role. Exactly. Yeah. They were like it was like that was a oh yeah, he's the sidekick and he's the thing and he's yeah yeah and he's the side you know and, there, so you look back and you're like, well, yeah, of course. imagine growing up, every everywhere you look, every main actor, every every superhero, every everywhere you look is a straight white male. Absolutely, it should be changing. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah, hundred percent. And so you have to remember that. You go, you, I imagine how you'd feel if you grew up and you wouldn't, you couldn't relate to these people. Mm. You can relate to Superman or or, or, mm. wherever, or On a base level, in like eastenders or wherever, you know, you're, there's no one for you. Mm. Imagine that. And now we're in this massive change. And now, it, absolutely, yeah, You've got to keep your mouth shut. I think yeah. it
1: will just be about over time, will it? Because, because at yeah. the moment, all the people who are gripping on to how it kind of is is because this is new to them, and yeah, they yeah, they yeah. can't they can't see that they and can't know, get how it heads it's been. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But yeah, when, it's, when yeah. it's hopefully been this way for like a few decades hopefully it gets better quicker than that but yeah, you will have generations of people who've grown up seeing more representation and yeah, being able to be like and then, on screen. And then Absolutely. It's, just, yeah. it's just normal that's just how it is
0: yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and like you know like you say we've had our time Yeah, and, that, and that's it um, and kind of like you know and that. And also you can just watching a film like this you kind of go like yeah of course the the black and female parts are very few and far between yeah, yeah. we well, even did a the bit
2: there's that song where they got the black guys doing the rap
0: Yeah. And they're doing the rap. Yeah, of course. That's all they are. It's just like, And also indicative of like 90s movies ending with a rap song. (laughs) (laughs) And Dave Chappelle's uh, little hat being the backwards cap. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 He's got basketball shoes on as well. I looked up and I
1: found what this mafia film was. Oh, okay. (laughs) it exists. It's 1998. It's directed by Jim. So that's
0: quite late in the day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's directed by Jim Abrams, writer on airplane top secret police squad hot shots. Uh, And it stars Jay Moore, Christine Applegate, and Lloyd Bridges.
2: From these humble beginnings, he rose to become the head of a mafia empire.
1: Anthony, they're criminals.
3: I'm not my father, Diane, just as you're not your father.
1: (laughs) We were our fathers. What we did last night would only be legal in Arkansas.
3: Until one day, his past caught up with him.
0: Say hello to my little friend.
3: How bad is it? You lost a lot of blood, but we found most of it. Uh Oh. A while ago, I was shot 47 times. It really got me thinking.
2: How lucky. Touchstone pictures invites you into a dangerous world. Of ruthless men.
3: Buggy, buggy, buggy. The murderers. Criminals are people too, Diane. If you prick a murderer, does he not leave a blood trail all the way
0: back to his Rockingham estate? And um, what score does it have uh... on IMDb? It looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. what, what what score does uh, it have?
1: Score is 5.6 out of 10. <laughs>
0: okay, well, <that's>, uh, <laughs> eight, you know, that's surprisingly high, I would say, for the film yeah. you've described. Yeah.
1: So that's yeah, it. I think the confusion came because I think the full title is Jane Austen's Mafia. What? Which I don't know
0: oh.
1: I don't even know how that oh, uh, well, no, no, no. <laughs> But you, it's not on this poster that That's the thing, if and- you'd said
0: that That rings bells <laughs> like, yeah. In terms of like because of the madness Of Jane Austen's <laughs> Mafia like, um, But yeah, that's the one I remember Let's talk about Pistu, yes, Because <laughs> he turns up at the end uh, Steals the fucking show yeah. As far as I'm concerned yeah. Like with his bull sticking through the crown Brother, you have surrounded Your given name with a foul stench. From this day forth, all the toilets in this kingdom shall be known as, John's. You were talking about him being the most giftful actor out of there, and as if to prove that, there is an amazing gift of him winking, um, in this film, it's incredible, and, and yeah, he gets it, to rock up and just be a complete stud gets,
3: yeah, <laughs> gets
2: he's
1: Marian. the most handsome yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. bald man <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. since yeah.
2: Telisavallis,
0: <laughs> tons of charisma, and he's he is kingly, yeah I mean I think he, he kind of does still the show for me mm-hmm. and you know when it gets the credits he essentially gets top billing he gets the first credit where they come up and it's one of those mm. classic cases of them actually kind of like showing the actor with their name by them and everything yeah. that in the credits. And yeah, I think he's I think he's wicked in it. And uh, I really liked seeing him turn up. And it kind of, it, it did elevate the film for me. It did. <laughs> like, it yeah. up to that point, I've got to say, I was hating on it quite badly. <laughs> and, you know, when he turned up, I was like, you're like, great. oh yeah, that's why we're watching this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, now this is why we watched I'd like it. to give a nod
2: uh, she's not in men in tights, but she was my in the eighties. Everybody they liked the Page Three girls, so it was like Linda Lassard and Sam Fox and people mm. like that. But I wasn't. It wasn't really what I was into. My my crush, my the woman I loved. Mm. I, I've loved a couple. It was a Dawn French was one. The other one was Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. Was in Young Frankenstein. She played. She played uh, Gene Wilder's fiance. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, she's yeah. in Blazing Saddles as the madam of the of the right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the, yeah. The house, and she. I just. She was just beautiful, beautiful, funny, and Madeline Kahn sadly no longer with us. Died very young, but she was. I. Used to, everything she was in, I just thought she was amazing. And I was only young, so I didn't understand the feelings. Mm. But Madeline Kahn, what she absolutely is it was a queen queen <laughs> madeline conrad but she's, I, not in in she's not in
0: men and Titan, she's not in any but i just want to give a special you nod got to special <laughs> madeline, madeline conrad
2: cuz she was she was beautiful and funny she had it all man
1: oh you men are all alike seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag you better keep your mouth shut oh i think i love him Madeline, yeah, there, there, you, there, you, there,
3: you, there you go. There's, there's the
0: connection. <laughs> Shit, I should have done that. <laughs> um, so, this was written by Evan Chandler. Did you look into this? No. Okay, so this screenplay was written by Brooks, Evan Chandler, and J. David Shapiro. J. David Shapiro. Um, most famous for writing the screenplay to Scientology Classic <laughs> Battlefield Uh oh, Starring God. John Travolta. Um I never saw that. but he later apologised for writing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh Evan Chandler, the other writer on this film, this is fucking mental, right? It's the only screenplay he ever wrote. He was a dentist, dentist to the stars. Wow. Okay. And Mel Brooks was one of his clients. And they were literally just he was had him in the dentist chair. So yeah, he's probably he, saying, I'm <laughs> doing this from a film. He's like, oh, here's a few. He had him at more, his, yeah, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. he had him at his mercy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, <laughs> and it's he idea for a film. removing <laughs> all <of> his teeth, everything. <laughs> and he said, i got it was his son, it was his son who had the idea for the film. And then off the back of that, uh it got written and everything that. But here's the crazy part. In 1993. The same year that this came out, Evan accuses Michael Jackson, another one of his clients, of sexually molesting his son, Jordan, who came up with the idea for Men in What? Um... Now this was one of the first major accusations oh, um, of paedophilia mm. uh, towards Michael Jackson at the time in 1993. Yeah, nine nine three, yeah. and oh, so
2: it that was the first. Yeah, that was the one. Oh, was one yeah. of the first. Yeah,
0: got settled out of court for apparently a reported twenty three million. Wow. Uh, Why twenty three? Like, <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> how did you fall on that? <laughs> I think
1: that's uh, worth <laughs> twenty three million.
0: And yeah, it got so. I mean, the thing is, whenever. These things come up, and people because people are still trying to say now, like, "Oh, he wasn't a pedophile," mm. and that. I'm like, you look at that. I'm like, mate, they set out of court for twenty three fucking million. Yeah. I was like, no one is settling out of court for twenty three million. Yeah. Going like, yeah, if they yeah. are innocent, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just when like... you
2: look at that, you look at that documentary. The, you know, yeah, I haven't seen it. Well, I've saw, I saw the first bit, and you know, in his in his in, in Neverland, you know, every building, like mm. the station. You had a railway thing and there's a station and then there's this other bit and there's another thing and every building had a bed in it. They all had beds in. Mm. And you're like, why have got beds in every fucking building? And and you think back to the two lads as well, because everyone's like, oh well, they're just trying to get money, just got money. If you if you were to meet your biggest hero, right? Mm. Why would you why would you sully that? By lying about it and saying that he that he molested me to try and get money, yeah, surely you'd want to cherish those memories and go. I met the one of the greatest showmen Mm. of 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 since ever. You know, you'd want to hang on to that. So this it's kind of you go. Obviously, something happened then
0: to make him do it. Well, it's also the thing of because the whole thing comes back to he did admit to sleeping in the same bed with these boys didn't he at the time and was like i just did that and he was always this thing of like people always go oh but he was like a child himself i was like fuck off i like (laughs) let's all be honest right like if your kids came home and when oh yeah, we like slept in bed with Mister Jackson yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. like that, and he said it was fine because he he's like a kid himself. Yeah. I think, you go around kick his head in. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, we got our dinkies out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was absolutely fine. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, like, yeah. I mean, it's just I'm like no. As soon as you go acknowledge that that was a thing, I'm just like no no no. no that's that's not cool. That's not yeah. like yeah. That's not legit thing.
2: That's Jade, fine well, to do. Well, Jade and I have said this. We were having this talking about it, and we're like. Despite everything, despite Michael Jackson and despite whatever happened or didn't happen, on the out of everything, at the, at the end of the day, Michael Jackson is not a babysitter.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you don't fuck
2: off to France and leave your kids with him. You just don't do it. It's, it's madness.
0: madness. <laughs> he's got another career already. He doesn't need yeah, to do his income. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know, sales and singles are down. Yeah. I've got some <laughs> work at the weekend. <laughs> I need that twelve bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it got pretty dark because in two thousand nine, uh, the year that Michael Jackson actually died. Right. Five months after he died, Evan Chandler committed suicide. Oh shit! Um, to his own life. It was very. Uh, it sounds like a very difficult life. He suffered with uh, Gaucher disease. Um, apparently, causes terrible fatigue and leads to enlarged liver and spleen. Jesus. So it doesn't sound very nice to live with. Um, but also, he had a terribly estranged strange relationship from his son. who was the one who was abused um like that actually led to his son actually taking a restraining order out on him at some point Uh, just the fact that he ended his own life five months after jacks himself died just seems so kind of weird but yeah so that is a mental (laughs) kind of dark chapter of uh, of men in tights comedy Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um have you ever worn a pair of tights I haven't yet. Yet? Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's you know, one of my life
1: ambitions. So <laughs> like, you know. my, uh, um, Well, I haven't worn tights, but my acting debut was involved with Robin Hood. Really? Have you heard this story? Ooh, I don't <laughs> think so. I would have been about seven or eight or something, and oh, it was right. when I was... <laughs> okay. his, Michael Jackson's not involved, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was the Cub Scouts put on a play... Okay. Um, and it was like a Robin Hood comedy, and I just—you sure Michael Jackson's not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'd had uh, surgery on my foot at the time, so I was in like a big cast and I crutches. So I was like, I don't want to be in this thing. It's fine. And they were like, Oh, I just have like a cameo part, uh, hobble on this thing. So, so <laughs> they I were like
0: begging, like, so... Please, bro, yeah. have a cameo. Yeah, yeah. So my oh, big
1: God. moment is there's a scene where whoever the kid was playing Robin Hood, he fire—I think it's the archery contest. He fires like some three arrows off stage or pretends to, and I walk on in like a little dicky bow tie with a dartboard and he's got 180. So I just walk on and go, 180! (laughs) And then then (laughs) off I go again. (laughs) Sounds better than the (laughs) jokes (laughs) in many tights, to (laughs) be fair mate.
0: Did you not wear tights in Hysteria? uh or was that not the right era kind of yes
1: this was like a victorian period film i was an extra in and thinking back on that you're more an
0: extra in this film oh <laughs> you're in the fucking trailer yeah you're, you're, yeah, you're a feature featured part <laughs> are you not this,
1: this was the strangest time because i did a bit of extra when i first came to london and i did two weeks on the fourth part of film so i was oh, wow. I, I was a drop in the ocean on that i was one of like you 300 Pirates people of johnny Pirates of Johnny. <laughs> and uh, I was on that for two weeks and you can't see me at all in the entire film. I kind of knew where I am, but you can't see mm. me. And then like the week after I finished on that, I got this other job, which was this small indie comedy, like rom-com called hysteria with Maggie Gyllenhaal and Felicity Jones and Rupert Everett about the invention of the vibrator in Victorian oh, times. Yeah, England. It, yeah. And so I, I was a, a genuine extra in the background of a couple scenes with about three or four other people. Um, But then I doubled up as a kind of royal footman for Queen Victoria. And so I was in this scene where it was just me. And I'm in the final scene of the film where I deliver this vibrator to the queen. Oh, wow. So it was like, you know, quite a few setups around the location where it's just me. So it kind of tracks me. It's when the credits start at the end. And it kind of tracks me walking along with this box. And yeah, I think I was in like the white white tights. All I remember from the costume, Mm -hmm. apart from like the kind of curly wig, was the shoes. I couldn't... I've got really weird feet. They're like different sizes and they're really wide. And these kind of footman buckles on them. Yeah, buckles and always slip on. We just couldn't get it to stay (laughs) on. I drove the costume like person insane. Uh but no, that might have been I have to see it again. I might I can't remember if I'm wear trousers if I'm genuinely like white (laughs) tied up at the bottom (laughs) Yeah. My
2: I I was in Jade's show uh not last year, the year not this year. Last year and the year before. Mm. And I was in it. I was supposed to be like the like the st- like moving stuff around, yeah. you know, like in the theatre, they're dressed in black, yeah, yeah, so you yeah, can't yeah. see them. So I'm in joined. this all-in-one bodysuit, right? Black bodysuit. I'm supposed to move stuff around, so you can't. Not supposed to be, but a fat bloke in a bodysuit, in a morph suit, <laughs> really stands out. And looking back on it now, I'm, I saw photos of it because so I didn't realise how see-through it actually. Is. You can really see it's me. And I'm so glad I kept my underwear on because <laughs> it
0: would have been awful. This, yeah. is, this is something that's going to come up in your career <laughs> yeah. in 10 years. This is the problem now, man. Everything will be found on YouTube uh, yeah. well, if uh, anyone like, as yeah.
2: if, if anyone knows who I am or knows who Jade Adams is... And you might have seen Jade's show, I was the fat bloke in the morph suit. <laughs> I was called Pudding. Was, she calls me Pudding. It feels
0: like that's the name for like an Edinburgh show, morph suit. Fat bloke in a morph suit. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to final thoughts yes. and verdict? Um, Rich, you yeah. can give a star rating uh, out of five, and you can use half stars. Do okay, you go that's first? good to
2: know. Good to know. And do you know what?
0: Or do you want to have a mole?
2: I'm gonna because I was actually annoyed by the end of it, that I had to watch <laughs> it. I was annoyed myself for choosing it, but then I thought no, because I'd gone through the list and I'd and I'm um, out of everything that was in the list that was left in the list. I'm like, oh no, no many types. I've got fond memories of that. I like those kinds of films, like Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Deux. Mm. Yeah, are still funny. Hot suppose, Shots yeah. Part yeah. Deux, oh, especially. And yeah, again, yeah. Kerry Elwes in that playing. Is like, he in it? Yeah, yeah, he plays like the Iceman character in the first oh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's off. He's on a his chafing dish. <laughs> <laughs> the chafing dish. He's like, just, it's just they're they're just really. They're just, and again, uh, Lloyd Bridges is fantastic when he's talking to the. He's got a picture on his wall in the office, and he says, "Roy, Roy." <laughs> Been ignoring me all day. There's a painting of the of that outside on the run, on the runway, like the, the 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 hangers. And he thinks it's a window. <laughs> been ignoring me all day. I've not watch
0: those movies again, because yeah, like, yeah. I, I watched them both pretty much back to back when I was like a kid. And part d'air especially yeah. I found really fucking funny. And like, yeah, I definitely gotta go back and it's do really, it. Rowan
2: Atkinson is in it. And he, is he like, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit where he's like, Well, we have to go, and he said, like, I can't. They've tied my shoelaces together. <laughs> and for some reason, I find the, the humour in Hot Shots and that funny. Yeah. But I got really annoyed watching Men in Tights. Mm. I was like, oh, Jesus, what have I done? So I think it's very much of its time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are some good jokes in it, like that bit, you know, oh, they've taken the castle. But I think that's the only one that really stands out, you know. And the fact that the guy was called Blinking and he was blind was funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I reckon, I reckon I'm, I'd give it like two and, a half, two and a half. stars. Two and a half stars. Uh, yeah, two and a half stars. You know, I just, yeah, it's not, it hasn't aged well. Generous. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, I mean, that's my problem as well. Two nights. Uh, one star. Not even that.
1: Matt. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I hadn't seen this before, so this was the first watch for me. And it definitely does feel like the kind of tail end of this era of the parody films where it's it, it's doing a lot right that the big ones like Hotshots does, but it's just not doesn't feel like it's fleshed out enough or, or thought about enough, like that review said. And it feels like there's a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, but when it lands, it, it made me chuckle. I couldn't help it. Uh, Carrier was doing what felt like quite a rimmer, like performance in many parts yeah. for me. Like I think it's just after the big fight scene in the castle. He, he, he does something where he has a look to camera that looks so much like, not quite ace Rimmer, but a bit more confident than normal Rimmer. I was like, I'm loving this. Uh, so, yeah, it's it lands around two stars for me. Two stars. I think, you know, two and a half in enjoyment and talking about it and revisiting it. But watching
0: it was a two star experience. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I thought I was going to be kind of bringing the party down on this one. and uh, thought that everyone would be kind of loving it. Uh, and then I'd be hating and feel bad, (laughs) but I've been emboldened by the fact that <laughs> everyone else uh, also seems to think it's shit. So now you're so, taking it lower. Yeah, yeah well, no, no, yeah, yeah. literally. I, uh, like I say, I've watched a lot of Mel Brooks films recently. I did a bunch of rewatches. I rewatched Spaceballs, um, which is the one that I had nostalgia for. Right. Like from when I was a kid, I remember seeing uh, Spaceballs yeah. and thinking it was like really funny at the time. It uh, doesn't sound up. Uh, no, <laughs> i like- Again, having watched it again last night, trying to research him for this. And I
2: was again I'm like, oh God, this has not aged well at all. Mm. But there's a the funny bit was when uh what's his name? Michael Thingy from uh, Police Academy. He's on the he's on the he's doing he's like the Michael navigator, yeah. And he's doing the noises and so he's on the on the microphone to call him over. And then he can't really hear him because the mic's really bad. And then when he comes over and he's like, get off he goes, we well, he stood here, get off the mic. <laughs> but he's still doing the noise, like it sounds like because that's what he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rick Moranis' character just just smashes up the desk. It's just like this pet's <laughs> little child. That I mean, was Rick really Moranis is always funny. Rick isn't? Moranis is mm-hmm. phenomenal in everything. He's fucking great. Rick, yeah, Rick, and I'm glad to hear that because he was he retired, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, but completely. Like, yeah. You don't see him
0: now at all. But I've, heard um, I've heard he's coming back out. So. He, he's oh what for the new Ghostbusters? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, yeah I hope they're all back. For it, right. kind of no, like, no um, offense to the no, to the I, literally, and I, I really do mean no offense. I had absolutely no issue whatsoever um, with the female reboot of uh, Ghostbusters happening. I wish the film had been better than it was, yeah. Like, it's not that it's bad, Um, it's just literally and nothing to do with the female talent, they're all mm. extremely talented female yeah. comedians. But
2: what keeps happening is that. They keep, instead of instead of creating new films yeah. with female leads, they're rehashing old ones. And you're like, well, why do, why aren't you writing movies around mm. ladies? And and Whoa. why aren't you doing that? Why, why have you got, you're trying to put them in something that's already got nostalgia. Mm. And so obviously people are going to be like, oh, no, you're ruining yeah. our childhood and you're ruining this and that. Write proper films. Do
1: do the decent thing. Well that comes down to you know the the need to be shackled to IP these days. And it's like they they think they think that's more of a surefire hit. And we can play it safe by doing the the female version of something that we know will probably do well anyway.
0: Yeah. And in that case, it didn't even even with that IP on board. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's a dirt taking of original the stories. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. So especially if you're going to be taking what is considered in Hollywood as a risk somehow still um, of going casting all female leads, then you're gonna want to tie it to an intellectual property that's kind of deemed to have marquee mm. value. Uh, which then, unfortunately, kind of creates like a toxic atmosphere around uh, the film. But I am looking (laughs) forward to uh, the new one, Rick Maris returning, and he is one of the funniest things about Space Wolves. But also one of the funniest things about Space Wolves is the cameo by Tim Russ, known to Star Trek fans as Tuvok from Star Trek Voyager. Found anything yet? Nothing yet, sir!
3: How about you? Not a thing, sir! What about
0: you guys? We ain't found shit. Which is like the most famous moment of the yes, film. Like, yeah, you know, it's yes. like it's another really gifable thing. And yeah, that's that's him, that's like young him Tim Russ. And like, so there you go. There is another Star Trek connection. There's a couple of funny little Star Trek gags in Space Wolves as well. There's a beam me down gag and a Vulcan nerve pinch gag. Like, yeah, so I was watching out for them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is it, it's fine. It's better than this. Like, but it hasn't it hasn't stood up. Brilliantly. Um, so what's your rating? It's one and a half stars. Okay. Now, that sounds harsh. However, I should counter it with two years after this film, Mel Brooks directed his last <laughs> directorial feature, the <Dracula laughs> Dead and Loving It. Which is one of the worst fucking films I've ever seen in my life. I've never like, seen literally. it. Literally,
2: will never never. It sounds do. like I've never watched anything.
0: we <laughs> do, right. So because you can't I mean, go too low because you need to save the lowest depths for fucking that. Fucking dog shit. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, that is like a half star movie. <laughs> and not like only because I have to rate it. Regular listeners will know. When I was a very young man, when I was kind of like 10 or something like that, I was uh, a junior film critic for my local newspaper, <laughs> right? And there's a bunch of movies, you know, like you say, when you see films when you're young, you've got lower standards, mm-hmm. from that. and there's a bunch of films that were clearly, like, terrible that I saw during that period, which I gave, like, <laughs> oh, amazing cinema. reviews to. Yeah, yeah. So, 1997's Baron and Robin, 10 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh uh, no. And, no, no. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, hey, Batman Robin better than this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Jack Ledene loving it (laughs) at the time, even then, three out of ten, mate. (laughs) Three out of ten. Even that, I gave it a right royal trashing in the local newspaper. I'm sure it hurt its box office. Uh, But like, yeah, now, even worse. It is total and utter trash. And, you know, I think this film and that. An example of Mel Brooks getting incredibly lazy yeah, later in his yeah. career because Jacqueline Dane Loving it actually obviously has kind of connections with uh, Young Frankenstein in the fact that you would imagine it harkens back to those kind of universal monster movies, uh, Bella Lugosi's uh, Dracula. Mm. Uh, but of course, it was made as a cheap cash into Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula yes. at the time.
1: Uh, so the it's similar just been a big hit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but even. That he clearly no longer gives a fuck about kind of evoking the older monster movie. It's just so, so lazy. Well, I guess at least he stopped at that and didn't just carry on doing spoofs of the popular film from two years previous and
1: doing it. Well, young terribly. Frankenstein still stands up. Yeah, I can yeah. still watch still it. Really good.
2: I might not laugh out loud, but I still enjoy watching it. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, but many times I hope I never have to watch it again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I um, had to rent this off iTunes to see it. No, it's on $3.49. I no, was it
3: on YouTube for Who? free? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh like So <laughs> many <laughs> movies are on YouTube for free now. Spaceballs. Oh, I, I can find as well. Now, you've How did do, you say Got to do deeper searches I got it off Cinema paradise. Oh so, you're okay like, then, yeah. Uh, So yeah And I said we will go go back round to Vincent Camby's review from the New York Times because mm. I think he's spot on here. So he says, what's missing is the kind of densely packed comic screenplay that made Young Frankenstein and High Anxiety, which oh, was yeah. his uh, kind of James Bond spoof, two of the most delectable movie parodies of the last 20 years. Men in Tights has the manner of something that wasn't argued over long enough. A few good gags are supplemented by dozens of others that still need to be worked on or tossed out entirely (laughs) I do think he is kind of dead on really Uh, just literally want to mention that in the research for this film I actually watched Up the Chastity Belt (laughs) Uh, which is a Frankie Howard film from the 70s, a big screen spin-off from Up Pompeii, Up Pompeii yeah. uh, but it's set in kind of, you know, the Robin Hood era, and Robin Hood is in it as well. Uh, with a kind of like they kinda of have a camp, Robin Hood. Robin? I cannot thank you enough for your timely rescue. Oh! It's a pleasure, Ducky. We haven't had such a giggle since we rolled the Sheriff of Nottingham in the cow pasture, have we, lads? No. <laughs> I suppose this is the Robin Hood. Well, Ducky, what do you think of our camp? Oh, I think that's the word for it. I would say it's about as funny as this is. (laughs) Like, uh, really. Um, I mean, it's it's one of those kind of slightly grotty 70s sub-carry-on kind of like. But it is written by Ray Gorton and Alan Simpson, the two Uh, greatest comedy scriptwriters who ever lived, creators of Hancock's Half Hour and Step Turned Son, uh, who for me are kind of the masters of all comedy. I still think Hancock's Half Hour. I love Um, Hancock's Half Hour. It really saddens me when you hear about this, what a horrible man he was. Well, you know, it's that thing of like, it's a difficult one for me, Hang because you're right, mm. uh, he obviously, like, Very you know, trivial. if you actually read about kind of some of the stuff that he did, everything uh, is, you know, it's sad, because he is such, I think he's the greatest mm. comic actor ever yeah, lived, I, I really yeah. do. But like you say, he was a deeply troubled man. For those who don't know, he ended up committing suicide. And, um, you know, and obviously he would have been in a time when, you know, they wouldn't have been discussing such issues or anything like that or had any kind of help. But I am a massive fan of those guys and anyone who's never heard of Tony Hancock, go and track down some Hancock's half hour. I think, there is actually a load on Spotify. There's, loads, there's, loads there's on a load there, on yeah. Spotify. Um, you can go and listen to a bunch of like you know episodes of Hang Got Self Hour on Spotify. But
2: the box set, I've got the still got the box set on DVD and it's worth. You get it for like a tenner now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, worth completely. It's really good. I, I met I met Alan Simpson. So did I. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he yeah. was a really old man. I didn't know who he was. Oh, okay. I was at a gig. i Obviously, I knew who he was, but I didn't know that was him. Mm. We were at a gig and I was with Bob Mills. Someone else and we we came out and he and he was chatting to this old guy and he and he went rich rich this is Alan Simpson and I went what he went yeah yeah and I went, oh my god I shook his hand and he just went very good and that was it oh man I got the very good it's wow. very good <laughs> that's down on the poster
0: <laughs> I, I met them both um ran completely randomly they did a book tour um because a guy wrote a book about them called Masters of Sitcom which I've got Right, yeah, yeah um and. It, they did this uh, tour for it. I went to kind of a talk that they gave uh, and asked them, got to ask them a question, uh, which is incredible. And at the beginning, I literally just gushed that they were the first ever people, uh, to make me realise the importance of a script, yeah. basically, if it, when watching uh, The Offer, the first ever episode of Steptoe some mm. which is like a piece of Pinter. Yeah. And uh, they later on, and I said, like, you inspired me to start writing scripts myself, and later on they were talking about writing the process of writing and they turned around they went oh perhaps our young writer friend has an opinion i was like "Fuck!" and i met them afterwards and shook their hands and stuff like that and unfortunately they've both passed away now Mm. Uh, ray galton actually passed away this year earlier this year um, and like, to be honest, I just wanted an excuse to talk about them because they were absolute legends. Oh, and, God, yeah. And did,
2: was it them that wrote, they didn't write The Rebel, did they, the movie? They wrote
0: The Rebel, yeah, because yeah, yeah. one of the best lines in that Irene Handel
2: when she's looking at his artwork and she's like, what's that? And he goes, it's a self-portrait. And I'm like, <laughs> who of?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
0: uh, yeah, they wrote The Rebel, they didn't write Punch and Judy Man, right, which okay. was Tony Hancock's follow-up yeah, yeah, to that yeah. film. Um, but, yeah they're fucking geniuses like yeah tracked out on Spotify the because that's the radio show which I think is like the Mm, pinnacle for me with Sid James and Bill Kerr as well like Hattie Jakes oh man I I love
2: Hattie Jakes I mean
0: right the cast of the Hancock's Half Hour radio show Sid James Tony Hancock Hattie Jakes Bill Kerr and Kenneth Williams. Yep. Now, like, to people who don't know, this was recorded in the 50s, but it would be like getting like the five biggest names in British comedy now That's in a right. show together. Yep. It's fucking genius. But Dick
2: Emery as well. Dick Emery became a big star in the 70s. Yeah. Was the postman in, in one of the episodes when he was... I think he was doing the oh, Pause. the yeah, postman, yeah, And he gets his hand because he's trying to get the letter back and they both get their hand stuck in the post box. <laughs>
3: Afternoon postman, come to empty the box. I am. Oh, well,
2: there's no need to put these through, they can go straight in the sack. They can't.
1: They can't? No, 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 no. You see, my job is collecting letters from the pillar box. I'm not allowed to put any letters in my sack that haven't passed through the slit.
3: <laughs> yes, well, well,
2: I mean, you can stretch a point. I mean, that's a waste of time. They've got to go in the sack anyway. I'm sorry, letters cannot be considered as having been posted until they have passed through the slit.
3: <laughs> oh, this
2: is bureaucracy gone mad. <laughs> Come on, man, this is the Elizabethan age, the age of spirit and adventure. Come oh, on, be a devil. Let's
3: put them straight in the stack. <laughs> Certainly not. It's against all rules and regulations
0: they're both corpsing because they're just laughing too <laughs> much make, he, yeah. that, that's one of the great things like because the it was all recorded live yeah or as live so they would corpse all the time you would literally hear them crack, crack up well, all the time. time wrong <laughs> and go do you want to do that again yeah <laughs> and, it's, and it's fucking hilarious I think, or there's a, one where they get a massive woofer like five minutes into the show and the like audience are just dying and laughing for like yeah. two minutes and like Tony Agua actually goes like don't go crazy we've got yeah. 25 minutes <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's really it, nice it's almost weird. like
2: a precursor to mrs brown's boys now mrs brown's boys gets a lot it gets knocked and i'm not a big fan of mrs brown's boys i think it's shocking but what's really nice about it is when he comes he breaks down the fourth wall and he talks to the audience or they or when someone misses a line he's like and he takes the piss and that so those bits are what make which is why mrs brown's boys works it's not about the actual show mm. it's the bits in between because a community wa- that everyone Jade and I watched it on, and yeah. we were like, This is awful. But then there's bits where like the, the scenery'll sh- wobble and he'll make a comment and they go, like, don't slam that or it's he's gonna, he's <laughs> gonna fall in. Or something like that, you know, it's it's those bits that make it. So and that's, mm. that was like Hancock's half hour,
0: you know, made it it's made it real for the Brilliant. audience listening at home you cannot see the ire on my face of Rich comparing <laughs> Hancock to Mrs Brown's voice. <laughs>
3: yeah 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 as
0: I was getting into it I was like it's
3: got cold
0: in here." all of a sudden is there a window
3: open there's
2: a window
0: open your soul co- left your body <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: it was a us right? was...
0: but that's a great way uh, to end the show a little shout out to uh, Mrs Brown's voice is shit by the <laughs> way yeah Rich yeah, was yeah, yeah. like I just want to say it, <laughs> I, can't can't totally. I don't want it I'm not <laughs> this the thing. I've
2: got all the way through, I've gone, no, I haven't seen
0: it, I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Brown Boys? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Rich, where can we find you online and Insane in the Membrane and everything like that? I am, uh, I am Rich Wilson on
2: Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook, but no one goes on there now, do they? I mean, no. it's just my mum doing the competitions. <laughs> Why are I queues through the roof? No, it's not mum. Um and uh, Insane in the Membrane is uh, available on all wherever you get your podcast and if you find me on Twitter and Instagram in my bio there's a link a smart link and if you click on that it will take you wherever you want wherever you need to go so if you listen to it on a Mac or on a PC it will just take you wherever so it's all there Insane in the membrane. Do jump up and have Fantastic. a listen. Fantastic. Check future it out future guests. We've got future guests coming up. Oh, who Royce, you got coming up? Ramesh Ranganathan. Amazing. We're just in the back and forth with him. Heston Blumenthal. Oh, Heston. Oh, yes. Very cool. Yes. <laughs> it's not just comedians. We're having all sorts of people along. Is he so,
0: going to make you some food? A man, I, <laughs> I,
2: I met him through Jade because she was doing some stuff with him, and he's one of the best people I've ever met. Wow. He's like, he's just one of us. He's, I mean, he's, he sees the world like the what Matrix. Of what one of us. One of us. He sees the world like the matrix like the ones in the zeros he yeah. sees it how it's all put together that's how he sees sees the world
1: but he's, he's just a top dude he sticks so. his feet up and watches men in tights like everybody and he, else
2: and he'll eat and McDonald's <laughs> and have a KFC and he's like yeah whatever shit but I'll have it but he's a dude <laughs> absolutely so yeah so please yeah do jump up and find me I'm at all the major comedy clubs up and down the country if you want to come along and say hello be great to hear from you yeah 100% thank you for having me on it's been a real oh, pleasure thanks for coming on mate it's been, mate. Great. It's been, been awesome yeah I don't know where I am but <laughs> actually, Jade and I are talking about moving to Finchley, so we might be neighbours.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. more like you said, neighbours with Matt. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm here. down Is the road. Actually, in Finchley, just give away your address on, <laughs> <not> on like, <laughs> yeah. and his phone like, like, number. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, you can find us at Spotlight Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. As Rich says, no one uses Facebook, so don't worry about that. But <laughs> the major stuff is on Twitter and Instagram, and obviously, yeah, we've just discovered Smart Links, I think. So yeah, pre- the first I heard about it, well, so I'm it blew sure my you, mind. You, yeah, you literally did it, didn't? No, you? No, I, I stuck up a bunch of individual links. Oh,
1: smart right. Link sounds like it knows Rich what, teaches what you want. about Smart
0: <laughs> <links> <laughs> <when> I had, <laughs> I had
2: uh, Dave Cribb, who does the Friends podcast. Oh, okay. He, yeah. It was him. He's because he's well up on on all that sort of thing. So. He, he told it to Jane and Jade said, oh, this is what you mm. do. And, and so smart links, man. So that's it. That's the, that's yeah. the way to
1: go. Um, well, well, I mean, you know, we're so behind it. We're, we're having to record in the, the guest spot here of sun double deep headquarters. Big thanks to them Yes, uh, for allowing us the use of their space. Uh, because yeah, we're very mobile and back and forth at the moment. But yeah, when to get a chance to do a London record on their
0: incredible setup, yeah, It's something yeah, we can't sorry, say. No, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, thanks so much to Darren Jeanette for hosting us. That is thanks, absolutely God. awesome. Thanks for the tea as well. Yeah, yeah, and go listen to Sun Double Deep because that is a brilliant film podcast. Absolutely amazing. Um But yeah, it's it's been great, and we'll be back again. I think we've got some episodes. Actually, Star Trek-focused episodes. <laughs> it's coming, coming up. <laughs> um, 40th anniversary of Star Trek The Motion Picture. We're doing an episode for that. Uh, we're doing an episode where we're revisiting Star Trek the Next Generation. Uh, funny enough, guest starring Alex Petrovic and Joe Foster and... Alex is the reason that I know you Rich because you emceed the gig that he organised charity gig That's right, the uh, yeah 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 with Ramesh, uh, with Elliot Steele yeah. everything like that and yeah that was Sean McLaughlin who's also been on the show uh, multiple Sean. times he's great he's been on the show three times fantastic <laughs> guest yeah. like yeah I big love, trekkie yeah. he him. is yeah. a big trekkie yeah. yeah, Sean yeah. I love Sean major TNG fan um, but that but, gig
2: I wasn't supposed to do it it was somebody else I think it might have been Jess Foster or someone and they were booked to do it and in the last minute they had to pull out and so there was this bit of a panic and, and then Alex just said are you around I'd love to do it and so how, how wonderful is that mate you, you fucking
0: smashed it Thanks, Like man. literally, it was a good night wasn't it best MC I've ever seen oh, like dude, in terms of you. like really like, you really really you would, it, it just, it could tell it was one of those things where you were like in your element it just really it was one of those nights where you said that everything was clicking Thanks, on stage yeah, man yeah, it like, yeah, yeah. really really was and yeah it was great great gig so yeah um, we will see you again soon Spotlighters. thank you for listening bye bye <laughs> cheers guys <laughs>
3: cheers. we roam around the forest looking for lights we're men, we're men in tights, we run from the rich and give to the poor, that's right. We may look like sissies, but what would you say or else we'll put out your lights. We're men, we're men in tights, always on guard, defending the people's rights. la, la, la. la, la.